You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Gentlemen, 19 years ago this week, uh, the trick was on the left, I guess, the anti-whites. Uh, the treat was for all good people who thirst and hunger for the truth, and that is what we are celebrating tonight. Welcome to the broadcast. James Edwards along with Keith Alexander. We are going to blitz through the latest headline news before settling down for most of the show in what I hope will be a most memorable broadcast in celebration of TPC's 19th anniversary. It all started this week on October 26th, 2004. Three words uh, to sum it all up, I think, uh, the last 19 years. Officially now, we're a little bit beyond the 19th birthday here. Dedication, perseverance, and accomplishment. Those would be three that come immediately to mind. And we're going to remember some of the steps and some of the stumbles that got us from here uh, from there to here, over the course of this broadcast, you ask now, James, we just literally got engaged in uh, another war in the Middle East. Uh, yes, I know. And that will stay. And we will talk about that uh, for a few minutes. Uh, and we'll weave and jive a little bit of that in throughout the broadcast tonight, too. But I do think it's important to take one week out of the year and look back on it all, uh, reassess, refocus rejuvenate ourselves and then move forward and so we've done these anniversary shows many different ways we have done uh, shows where the last couple of years in fact where we just have members of the listening audience call in some people waiting 30 minutes to an hour to get on we've done that the last couple of years we've had conferences uh, to commemorate anniversaries before tonight it's just going to be the home team it's going to be uh, members of the present cast and crew uh, and one special uh, golden oldie calling in. Uh, but uh, we're going to look back on it, and I hope you'll enjoy it. And I hope by the end of the show you'll say, well, I know why he did that now. I understand the treatment. Let's get started, Keith. But first, as you know, we are going to spend uh, the first uh, half hour of this hour talking about current news. And, uh, boy, there's a lot uh, of it to cover. <laughs> if you're going to do three hours of work in 30 minutes, we better get to it. Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House. We've been waiting now for the better part of a month to see who the Republicans would select. And I guess it should come as no shock that they uh, selected a, a true conservative. And this guy, this is a guy who I know these types of guys. I, you go into any Southern Baptist megachurch, and that is their natural habitat. That's where you'll find them. These diminutive guys, uh, you look at them once and you size them up, and you can say, well, you know what? That's a guy I can't win with. I can't win with, with that guy. 
and there's no shortage of them. So he's basically a conservative on social issues. He's against homosexual marriage and transgenderism. Okay, that's good. Uh, but he literally has a black son or a, a black. He's 24 now. He calls him his son. He has three biological children who are obviously white. And uh, basically, he's an anti-white Christian conservative. I guess let's just start there. And he's your new Speaker of the House. Well, what he is is the typical person that you get in one of those uh, fundamentalist churches like you're talking about. They basically give a total pass to the civil rights movement. You know, transgenderism, homosexual marriage, uh, climate change, all these things are a bridge too far for them. But they worship at the shrine of the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King was this holy, righteous man, and the civil rights movement was all good, and anybody that opposes it was a wicked, uh, racist bigot and whatnot. They don't understand that the civil rights movement was the beginning of it all. That was the first shot across the bow. What the civil rights movement was was the blueprint for every other radical egalitarian movement that followed after it, like the feminist movement, like uh, the homosexual rights movement, all of these things. Every one of them was funded and masterminded by Jewish power and influence. Every one of those things was basically misrepresented to the American people. The civil rights movement, for example, wasn't pro-black. It was anti-white. The feminist movement wasn't pro-woman. It was anti-male. The homosexual rights movement wasn't pro-homosexual. It was anti-heterosexual. Everything that basically he endorses is the poison that started everything off. You know, for example, in the Bible, it says very clearly that, you know, do not be deceived. You shall know them by their fruits. Can a good tree bring forth corrupt fruit? Can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit? Therefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. Well, look at the civil rights movement. Look at the Brown versus Board of Education uh, decision that led to racial integration of the public schools. Do you think the public education in America has gotten better or worse right. since then it's obviously gotten worse so if he is trying to sell himself as a conservative he is not a true conservative he basically isn't smart enough to realize that the civil rights movement was the genesis of everything that hinders america and we find objectionable about america that it all i think he's a conservative then. in the mike pence mold which is what i uh, consider conservative to be now these these pathetic little things i wish mike pence would get rolled by somebody you know he's just such a pansy all right okay? but it, so this guy mike johnson he has a black son he decried the murder of george floyd and contemned uh, systemic racism whatever that is his biggest donor is apac he moved with lightning speed to put a bill on the floor that stands with israel and not in some way where it's prayers up for israel and let me change my social media avatar to a, an israeli flag he, he has basically gotten the united states into a war uh, in the middle east now open-ended military Which support could be armageddon quite frankly you know that's where armageddon is supposed to happen there in jerusalem and in is Israel and uh, House votes 412 to 10 to give a blank check to Israel. Uh, the new speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, the first bill I'm going to bring to this floor will be in support of our good friend Israel. And he's saying he's going to give aid to Ukraine. Now, I thought that was the whole reason Kevin McCarthy was ousted was because they wanted a government shutdown and they didn't want this 45 day extension that uh, McCarthy offered b the Biden administration and because of the aid for Ukraine. And then this guy is doing that. And then some plus he's anti-white. Look, he's our worst nightmare. He is. If this is conservatism, then 
uh, we're doomed. Now, look, okay? I, I, I told you this a second ago, and I mean it. I would rather Elon Omar be the Speaker of the House than this guy because here's, here's my top three issues. Yeah. I like that he's good on these social issues. Look, standing against transgenderism, that's, that, that's good. But my first issues, and I don't even know if this is number one or number two, but immigration and foreign policy, or maybe foreign po- policy and immigration. I, I don't, they're one A and one B, and he is terrible on. He's terrible, but he gets some of these socially conservative Christian issues right. Good, but not but, good but enough. Okay, look, I remember back in the day that you, basically, if you went to Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, for example, I, I've that, seen this guy there. That, I can that, tell you, he looks like every guy that goes there that has a black son. Well, back in the 1950s, for example, uh, Adrian Rogers was against. Uh, interracial marriage and things like this. They were strong, but then over the time, then they basically folded their tent on the issues in the past, like civil rights movement. Well, let's move on.org. Uh, then feminism, well, they were opposed to that. Now they're reconciled to it. See, people like that you just can't win with. And if that, if that's what, you know, we've got to basically turn the clock back. Well, you saw him, there was a picture of him on the phone with Netanyahu, and you could see the the, the stain down his pants where he, you know, urinated himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to them. Anyway, so that's what we got. That's what the Republicans gave you. Uh, and see, so it, now it's like George Wallace go a lot said. Quicker. It's what George Wallace said. The difference between the Republicans and the Democrats is the difference between Tweedledum and Tweedledum. And look, the issue of Iran and Israel and this regional war that could spiral beyond that, we'll talk about for the rest of the year and probably longer than that. And we're going to give you some deep dives. We've had some good conversations with Mark Weber, with Kevin McDonald, and uh, John Friend. And we're going to continue to have good conversations with people in the know on that issue. Tonight is a celebration. We did want to do a couple of quick hits. That's number one. But this war with Iran, you know, we said the other day, the fighting-aged men, or people now, since they let women, I don't think they've ever let women really go into these hot spots like that. But anyway, only 27% are standing with Israel, whatever that means, uh, out of the 18- to 34-year-old demographic. So we'll see who ends up fighting this thing, uh, unless it's just like most wars now. It's just like a push-button thing they'll, they'll with drones. They'll get our version of the Wagner Group, uh, some private company to do it. <laughs> so, But it does look like they do intend for young americans to be sacrificed another huge war in the middle east because of the anger stirred up among muslims due to israel's and they are bombing they are bombing these people indiscriminately if you have any heart you see brad griffin has done an excellent job just about every post has about 12 or 15 or more pictures and videos of what's happening to these little kids it is awful it is they are well, not look, our friends they are not our allies either we are we have no dog in this fight but it is awful to see what's happening over well there. look the jews are always talking about the holocaust and how they were they're, they're perpetrating one. Yeah, they basically are perpetrating a genocide on the Palestinian people. And let me tell you, Iran, if we dare to attack Iran, I mean, all hell is going to break. And up. that whole all of Gaza is like Dresden to them. I mean, it's just it's just wanton bombing. But now, the only see, thing Netanyahu thinks that as long as America has his back, he has a blank check to do whatever he wants to do. I don't think that America has its own back at the present time. I don't think we can defend ourselves. Well, it's, it's, it's totally bought and paid for. We know that. But the um, so, you know, there was a little bit of delay while the House got its house in order, I guess you could say. But yeah, now you've got a, a proxy war at the very least in the Middle East, like we have in, in the Ukraine, because of the and Israel lobby. we have lobbies. no money to fight any proxy wars anymore. We spent it all in Ukraine. We're never going to get to the rats. The Israeli lobby stranglehold on our government, of course, and um, important it's to the see. the Jewish neocons that have gotten us in both of these wars, okay? 
the Victorian Newlands and their Philosemite friends like Lindsey Graham, Lady G, as they call him. This is um, something, though, to consider is this is the kind of imperial overstretch that can bring down a house of cards. you got criminal corruption at home, as you're seeing with, with Trump and his indictments. you got war like this, wars like this in the Ukraine and in the Middle East. Now, and let me tell you, this isn't 2001 anymore, where everybody was for that illegal war that Bush launched. I think a lot more people are wise to it now. And you've got the 1.8 billion Muslims in the world absolutely inflamed. Because but then, on the other hand, in America, who is still on their side that were back uh, during George W. Bush's era? The Christian fundamentalists, the Zionists, the he who blesses Israel is blessed, he who curses and Israel we, is cursed. And those, are, those people are, are dying out, and um, but they still have an overrepresentation in Congress, which is what well, we're talking about. They have an overrepresentation in the South because so many of our white Gentile friends our Christian fundamentalists, and that's where all of this is. It's not in the Episcopal Church. It's not in the Methodist you're gonna, Church. We're not going to have time to get to the plea bargain, and I know you're hot for that. I know you're hot for it, and I know you got something there. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> we've got to get to, but we've got uh, 1.8 billion Muslims. They're ready to go. Uh, and these little, the pictures of these little kids is gut-wrenching. It's like just dropping a match in a uh, tank full of... Uh, uh, and fuel, high octane fuel. It's all going to go up. Uh, you know, the wrong move, and any move might be the wrong move over there, can bring not only Iran into the war, but Russia and China as well. And you've got an already overstretched globalist American empire uh, in two proxy wars now that could get to be much more than that very quickly. And even if you don't care about the Palestinians or the Jews, and our position, again, should ultimately be that it's not our fight, it's clear uh, that we're going to be called, America is going to be called, to cash the blank check that has been given to Israel. And uh, there's all sorts of things, there's all sorts of ways that this could play out. Uh, There's no chance of us not getting involved in it. You know, Netanyahu would not have done it if he didn't have an assurance that America would come in and side with it. And if America's over there in Ukraine, America's over there uh, fighting Israel's war, one way or another. And the Taiwan Straits as well. Well, this is another thing that I read this week, is that China could just walk into Taiwan if America gets bogged down in, in, in both of these morasses. But um, but again, I think sometimes this is what it takes. Is it sickening? Is, is it repulsive? Yes, it is. But it's going to take mistakes like this before anything is going to change. Well, You're going to have to continue to make these mistakes until, uh, until you can't pay the bill anymore. Well, our new Speaker of the House has said that Russia, China, and Iran, and he could have added to that uh, North Korea, are the new axis of evil. So we've already put ourselves at odds with the uh, reigning military powers in the world. And let me tell you, we are worn out financially and militarily with the Ukraine war. We've proven that was a bridge too far. We can't win that war. How are we going to win two more wars? And this is another thing. And, of course, Israel's going to want us to go in uh, hammer and tong because, as I said to Mark Weber last week, the United States military is its golem. So they're going to call us up and, and, and like get as much as they can. Like Frankenstein's monster just set us loose on them, right? So we'll see what happens. But the amount of upheaval coming to this country because of our misadventures domestically and internationally could be something like we've never seen before. It already is like nothing anyone has ever seen before because you have the situation with Trump. This has never happened before where a, a, a successor president uh, <laughs> you know, puts his predecessor in prison for a millennium. And, and God's will be done. God's will be done in the Middle East and God's will will be done in and Eastern Russia, Europe. Russia has said that if we get involved in going after Iran, 
the American people will have hell to pay. Okay? All right. So, and that's the new axis of evil, by the way, is Russia and China. To, and Iran. And, and those, that's, that's actually, so that's not like uh, whatever the axis of evil was in 2001, a bunch of these, you know. They've worn that out. That's what they used in World War II to describe Italy, Japan, and Germany. But the, but the, this, well, that one was. was uh, that was an axis, too. Well, that one had actual power. This one does, too. The, the, the previous one in the early 2000s was just a bunch of people throwing dirt clods. But uh, here you've got something, uh, but God's will be done. We are going to celebrate the good things in life tonight and what we have. And what we have is each other. What we have is a sense of togetherness. And we are going to celebrate 19 years on the air. It all started 19 years ago, but I felt as though, and it wasn't my intention until this uh, took a turn with Mike Johnson being elected as the Speaker of the House uh, to work in a little bit of news. Let's go very quickly, Keith. One more thing. We've touched on Mike Johnson and Iran. Deep dives on these issues in the coming weeks. Don't worry. We're going to give it a full treatment, as we always do. But I thought there was an excellent, excellent column by Paul Craig Roberts this week about Sidney Powell's plea bargain. And you could just substitute Sidney Powell for Jenna Ellis and uh, Mark uh, Meadows and, and all of them. Uh, breakdown. I, I want to read this whole thing. I don't. Well, I am going to read it. I am going to read it because it's so good. And if we have to carry it over for a minute or two into the next segment before the party begins, that's what we're going to do. This is Paul Craig Roberts writing, ladies and gentlemen. Going to read this. Let Keith uh, uh, answer it, and then uh, we're going to we're going to get into the anniversary part of the program. One of President Trump's attorneys, Sidney Powell, pleaded guilty to six misdemeanor counts of conspiring to interfere with election duties and accepted a sentence of six years probation and a six thousand dollar fine. She must also write a, an apology letter. Paul Craig Roberts continues, I will explain to you what this means. Sidney Powell found herself at risk at the hands of a black prosecutor and a black jury in Atlanta. Powell already knew that the prosecutor was biased against her and reasoned the same from the black jury. Plea bargaining, which is what Sidney Powell has done, arose because p prosecutors are more interested in their conviction rate than they are in innocence or guilt. And judges are more interested in clearing their dockets than in trials. So to aid their conviction rate... Prosecutors have gained the power to withhold exculpatory evidence from the defendant and to bribe other defendants with reduced sentences or with money to testify falsely against their target defendant. This is what Sidney Powell has done. What this means for Trump is that one of his own attorneys has admitted guilt rather than to undergo the ordeal and risks of trial and has agreed in exchange to testify against Trump. So Trump's own lawyer provides the black prosecutor and black jury with the evidence to convict Trump. Clearly, Clear bargaining permits prosecutors to build cases on speculation rather than on evidence. It is a short step from creating a fictional crime out of a real one to creating a fictional crime out of thin air. The step isn't taken all at once. When the option of a plea bargain first surfaces, it is considered by everyone involved as a way of meeting out punishment in a timely way. But with the passage of time, several things happen. As plea bargaining takes over from jury trials, as it has, the investigative work that is the basis for the indictment is not tested by judge and jury. This permits prosecutors to bring charges for which they have little to no evidence. The public presumes that the prosecutor has a case and that the prosecutor uses the media uh, to create a presumption of guilt. Newspaper and television reports from anonymous leaks from the prosecutor's office preceded by the phrase, according to sources familiar with the investigation, create a presumption of guilt, reducing the defendant's chance of an objective jury. It would be unusual for a jury to find an innocent person already convicted in the media, to find innocent a person already convicted in the media. Uh, and it goes on from there, Keith. I think you can probably uh, figure out... Um, 
the end game here. He writes, meanwhile, the defendant's attorney has been meeting with the prosecutor to arrange a plea bargain. Neither wants the trouble or risk of a trial. When the defendant is worn down and loses all hope of a fair or affordable trial, a deal is brokered. When the defendant his attorney and the prosecutor stand before the judge. The judge asks for assurance that the plea was voluntary and no deals prompted it, and he is given such assurance. Judges, clerks, defense attorneys, prosecutors, and the defendant are all parties to this lie. It is nonsense to expect honesty and justice to characterize a process that has been that bases convictions on plea bargains. Psychological pressure, indeed torture, and exhaustion of the defendant's resources replace evidence. That is wonderfully written. Under a plea bargain regime, Parker Roberts concludes, law is no longer a shield of the people. It is a weapon against the people in the hands of the government. The administration of justice ceases. This is America Today. Counselor? Well, that's absolutely right, and it's also a result of the civil rights movement and all of these left-wing black women judges, things like that that we have now that seem to predominate in urban areas. Memphis is like that. Uh, New York is like that. Atlanta is like that. Philadelphia is like that. Yada, 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 as they used to say on Seinfeld, okay? On the other hand, what does Trump expect? Did he run to the defense of the people at January the 6th? No, he didn't run to their defense and try to uh, use some money that he's raising to raise a, a defense fund for them. Heaven forbid. No, those people were on their own, just like the people in Charlottesville were on their own. Likewise, uh, you know, the people that are, you know, look at what happened to Derek Chauvin and uh, the McMichaels, people like that. They know what happens when they get tried in the news media. So uh, if Trump, uh, you know, loyalty is a two-way street. If How can Trump expect loyalty from them when he shows no lo uh, loyalty going from him to them to help them out? A little bit of a... Fast break there on the news. Mike Johnson, Iran, what's going on in Georgia with the so-called plea bargaining system? We'll be back. Yep. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. Israeli military aircrafts attacked about 150 underground targets in the northern Gaza Strip over Friday night into Saturday amid the ongoing war against Hamas terrorists. The Israeli Defense Forces said Hamas terrorists were killed, while underground combat zones and other underground terrorist infrastructures were also destroyed. More than 8,700 people have been killed in the war on both sides since the October 7th Hamas terror attack. A full-scale invasion of Gaza is still looming as Israel has amassed hundreds of thousands of troops on the border with Gaza who await orders to begin. The 40-year-old firearms instructor suspected of killing 18 people Wednesday at two businesses in Maine was found dead Friday. Robert Card's body was found near the Androscoggin River in Lisbon Falls at 7.45 p.m., according to the Maine Public Safety Commissioner. The commissioner said Card had an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. The shooter's body was found near a recycling plant where he formerly worked. 18 people were killed when Card is believed to have opened fire at a bar and a bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine, on Wednesday night. A delegation of U.S. Senators is concluding their visit to the Texas-Mexico border. Senator Mike Lee of Utah expressed surprise at encountering unaccompanied girls who had made the journey through Mexico alone. A substantial majority of the women and girls brought up through this process 
are sexually assaulted along the way. They spent the night alongside Border Patrol agents to observe the crossings. Agents conveyed to the senators that halting the surge of illegal immigration will require a policy shift. I'm John Schaefer. Rising inflation is casting a spooky spell on Halloween this year, causing a 7% surge in celebration costs, as per a study by Money Geek. The main contributor to this increase is the higher prices of candy, which have jumped by 37% compared to a decade ago in 2013. This uptick is putting a dent in consumers' wallets as they prepare to enjoy the festive season. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. that was good stuff i can remember even in the early 80s being over my grandparents they still showed some of these black and white tv shows and i remember watching alfred hitchcock presents well if you are up in the middle of the night you can see them on me tv (laughs) (laughs) i used to have them on nick at night back before you had six and seven hundred channels right would you want me to make a couple of comments parting shots on uh, the state of the uh, judicial system now the whole legal and judicial system has changed terribly from let's say 40 years ago when I was first practicing law, it's just, you know, you have people who are not Anglo-Saxons on the uh, bench. You have them in prosecutor's offices and things like this. And you have to understand that our whole legal system is a product of Anglo-Saxon civilization, like trial by jury. When you have juries and the judiciary and judge positions and prosecutors who are not of that background, at at the very least white people, the whole system breaks down. For example, they don't tell you all of this uh, stuff about runaway juries that the insurance companies complain about. Well, these runaway juries, I can tell you from practical experience, are always majority-minority districts that have, uh, you know, big jury pools of black people so it's like the exact opposite of what you see in the movies where it's like oh it's an all-white jury and then you know oh yeah cue the dark lighting and scary music yeah the civil rights movement you know that look it's the civil rights movement in reverse now where white people are being persecuted by the system all right so that's our take on the news tonight Uh, we are going to set aside now coverage of current events and headlines and talk about 
this run of ours that we've had. 19 years and counting, and God willing, there'll be more added to it. But we're not going to cover the highlights. It, it, it's, it became a tall order just a few years into our run to talk about all of the things that had happened. And after 19 years, it's, it's impossible. Although Scoop Stanton has a segment coming up in the second hour, and he does a really good job of offering sort of a, a condensed compilation of some of these greatest hits of, of TPC over the years. I'm not even going to give you the full history of how it uh, all started uh, for me personally. I and mean, that's been talked about many, many times but i do remember the first show 19 years ago this week i have told the story before it was right before the bush and Kerry election to let you know how far back we go and it was basically a primer for for that election and i remember my first commentary it was all written out uh, everything written out everything i said on the show that night i think and uh, how this was uh obviously the lesser of two evils wasn't an argument, and which one is even the lesser? I mean, this is a both a, just a, it's a duopoly. You can't win with people like this. Neither of these are our candidates, and and I remember that being the first show, and I, I can remember uh, going in uh, to the first few weeks and sort of getting our legs and thinking, you know what? Maybe we do have something here. Maybe we can do something different with this. And it was always my vision to do that, but once I saw it become start to become realized Taking just shape. a little bit, right? start to be, become realized just a little bit, we decided to have a a kickoff party. And our official kickoff party was held in January of 2005. So this was about, uh, we went on the air at the very end, this was about two months, two and a half months into our run, because we went on the very end of October of 04. And the guy who kicked off our party, our keynote speaker, Sonny Landham, Sonny Landham uh, the 1980s movie star, action movie star. Uh, and he of course, starred in movies like Predator. Well, maybe you remember this scene from the movie Predator, which was one of the highest grossing and most iconic science fiction films of all time uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And here's uh, Sonny Landham in, in a scene in that. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. Uh, he played the Indian tracker of the Predator in that film, and we really hit it off early. It was sort of an odd coupling, I guess you could say, but I had a lot of fun behind the scenes with Sonny. We'd go to casinos. We did all kinds of stuff. Sonny ran for governor of Kentucky. He did, and uh, he came on this show all the way up until when he passed away a few years ago. I actually went to his wedding. I don't remember what number the wife was, but I remember going to the wedding. And uh, he actually taught me a lot about show business, and he actually had some really good, if you're interested in that kind of thing, some really good interviews on here talking about his friendships with, you know, A-list movie actors. A, and... I have a DVD yeah. of his uh, that he, uh, America in uh, Crisis, I believe. Well, we got him working with the Council of Conservative Citizens and the Conservative Citizens Foundation. He did a movie with Gordon Baum. Uh, yeah, that's right, about the Frankfurt School and about cultural Marxism. Exactly. So, I mean, this is just stuff that I think people forget. I mean, hell, I can't even remember it all. I would have to go back through every show bit by bit to put together some sort of a comprehensive Montage. autobiography or something like that. But but uh, I do remember Sonny calling me in late 2015, and he said, in 2016, I think you can really – you can really make a lot of waves in this election. And I just kind of laughed, and I just thought he was just being nice. And, I mean, <laughs> I mean to say that uh, we were heavily covered that year, uh, I guess that's that Indian shaman in him, you know. He just kind of could see things. But... You no, know, we didn't even try and made a big uh, splash. <laughs> <laughs> well, he saw something that I didn't see, and uh, he passed away. And so many of our friends have passed away over the, the 19 years, the aforementioned Gordon Baum among them. But, you know, we've interviewed so many people. I mean, of course, when the media is talking about us, they have this pre-existing narrative, and, 
and uh, they they're going to write. You know, they're certainly going to mention the people that they written th- before they interview. Well, they certainly are going to mention the people that they think are going to damage us the most with the general public, who are all good friends of ours, and of course we'd never back down from. But we have interviewed all kinds of people from. I even wonder why they bothered to interview us because they've got the whole thing written and scripted before they ever uh, <laughs> talk, say one word to it. Well, increasingly over the years, I've, I've not I've declined all interview requests. Very very rarely do I grant them. But uh, we've interviewed people like Ted Nugent, you know, the rock and roller Ted Nugent, the Sydney Leathers, uh, the the one who Anthony Weiner was sending all those pictures to that got him in such trouble. And then Gary Sinise, uh, Hal Moore, Hal Moore, General Hal Moore, talking about movies. Uh, Lieutenant General Hal Moore from that very famous battle in Vietnam. They made a movie. We were soldiers where Mel Gibson played his character. Not to mention, of course, Mel Gibson's dad was a good friend of ours. So many over the years, so many memories, so many guests, so much we've done on and off, uh, inside and out of the studio, on and off the air. Uh, impossible to to remember all of the things that we would want to share in a show like this. So I'm going to toss it over to our friends for the the, the rest of the show. Uh, Keith, a uh, minute or two here. Your some of your favorite reflections and guests and things that we've done. I mean, 19 years. It's hard to narrow it down. Well, we did things that other people didn't do. I think we were the first people to really break big on the USS Liberty situation, which ought to really be focused upon at the present. Did some time. interviews with them, sure. Yeah, this was when Israel attacked America, and the American government did everything it could to cover it up under Lyndon Johnson and John McCain's father, or grandfather, I forget which one it was, it was the admiral that was put in charge of the cover-up. Then, Drew Lackey. Drew Lackey. That one gets mentioned pretty frequently, and for good reason. Yeah, see, people like that were never interviewed by the mainstream media, and if they were interviewed, they locked away the interview in a vault and never played it. We actually got these people before they died that were big players on the anti-civil rights side of the equation back in the South. I like wouldn't Drew even Lackey. call it that. Just it. Now, Drew Lackey was just doing his job as a policeman, and he told us what really went on at the Montgomery bus boycott, what really went on at the Selma demonstration, you know, at the famous Edmund G. Pettus Bridge. All of this stuff, you know, it's incredible how the truth varied from this official narrative that people like, I'm sure, uh, Steve, uh, what's the guy's name, the new... Uh, uh, Mike Johnson, uh, Mike you're talking Johnson, about? Mike Johnson, not Steve Johnson, Mike Johnson, right, yeah. Mike Johnson uh, probably has never heard of Drew Lackey, has never heard of the USS Liberty and things like this. But it's not for lack of our trying. We're the people that got this type of alternative news into the well and you got to understand i mean not only have we done that but for our movement in terms of our movement media 2004 you got to know and understand other programs like this and not on the am radio airwaves because there are no others there but even podcasts and live streams they didn't start coming around until about 2015 i mean we stood alone for about 10 years in broadcast media yeah you know before others started i'll give you the credit james not me i just was tagging along but james basically broke the ice and started a whole movement all these podcasts they're out there now on the internet wouldn't be there if James hadn't blazed the trail. Well, maybe they would, uh, but uh, whether they know it or not, we certainly had been doing this uh, for for a long time, and that's why there there had been so many sites trained on us. And 
Uh, but it has been a wonderful ride. It's been wonderfully turbulent. I mean, people ask me what's it been like. It's been wonderfully turbulent. It has been wonderful and it has been hard. Uh, but uh, of course, like all the Chinese of- <laughs> curse. May you live in interesting times. James has definitely lived in interesting times over the past. 19 years and it has been a wonderful adult life i got into this uh, obviously in my late teens and uh started the show in 04 and have been at it uh really my entire adult life about as old as long as i could drive i was driving people at the adl and the splc southern poverty law center will probably be a uh surprised to hear this but james feels that he is singularly fortunate that he just had the best fortune in the world to come along when he did and to start well uh this type of broadcast you know we always play it on columbus day the uh, good timing song yeah if i if i did, if it had been a little bit earlier or a little bit later it had to be in that goldilocks zone not just in terms of where our movement was at the time but where i was in my life had i been a little bit older and already had a family or a little bit younger i wouldn't have been old enough to do it there was no media like us that existed back in 2004 uh, making sure we're going to take this break here, too. Uh, I don't know if we've uh, hit it. I know it's going to be coming up. Just let us know. It's just uh, the thing is, really, there was no program out there, particularly on, uh, you know, normal radio, like our program. You know, they'd had the Joe Pine show back in the late 60s. That faded out. You never really had anything like this through the Reagan administration, through all of that. Uh, you had mainstream uh, pablum from people that were supposed to be conservatives that were about as conservative as Mike Johnson, uh, <laughs> you know, our new uh, uh, Speaker of the House. But to get the real, you know, unadulterated truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, it took James to bring that in, and I'll, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to congratulate you on that. Because well, you know come on that. now. I, I don't need all of that. I appreciate you saying that. I was just looking for something to do, any way to apply myself. It, was, well, it didn't well, have to be it radio. Serendipity. I'm not saying that you planned it and masterminded it and whatnot, but, you know, there were groups like, uh, you know, Jared Taylor had American Renaissance. There were certainly other groups that had done yeah, far. But, you know, but basically the radio presence, the podcasting, that was James. Okay, that was he was the um, the Christopher Columbus of that type of thing. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, my friend, saying all of that. That that's not what I was looking for or intending to hear. It was just in my life at that time. I was looking for any way to apply myself. I had failed as a candidate for office. We had failed to get Pat Buchanan elected, obviously, and I was just looking well, for anything I could do. And well, I'm like and, the Furniture Center in Memphis. Their slogan is "We give credit where credit is due." Well, I'm going to give you credit. Well, for that. I appreciate that. I mean, it just uh, the door opened up and God's uh, hand be in it, I guess. And uh, it, who would have ever thought? we would have lasted this long people don't last this long at anything i mean most people at least want to change the scenery or go do something different tucker carlson has had in that period of time right uh yeah yeah he's been around he's been uh hired fired and hired and fired and hired and fired and james (laughs) like old man river just keeps rolling along well i'm not gonna fire myself uh, that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) all right i gotta ask uh, mr and mrs producer i gotta make sure we're gonna take this break so we can get uh the bombardier on here for a segment, but I think we've missed it. No, no, no. We we're, no, we're gonna no, we're gonna take that one if if we haven't already missed it. We were gonna and uh, we were going to no, we were gonna skip the first one. There it comes. All right, there it is. Now here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take this break, and we're gonna come back for the next couple of hours. We're gonna be hearing from people behind the scenes and on the air. 
who have uh, made Passing the journey your with seat us. your seatbelt, the bombardier <laughs> is coming up. Let's see what he has to say. Hold on tight. We'll be right back. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of the Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. Moved in my new house today Moving was hard but I got squared away Bell started ringing and changed right loud I knew I'd moved in a haunted house Still I made up in my mind to stay Nothing was gonna drive me away when I seen something to give me the creep Had one big eye and a two big feet Well, it's Halloween weekend on top of it all, ladies and gentlemen, and this is a European cultural holiday, rich in tradition, and you know we always do a little bit on Halloween. Not like Christmas, totally different kind of thing, cultural versus spiritual, and Christmas we spend a whole month on, Halloween just a couple of segments, but we will do that at the end of the night, too. It's a fun show tonight, Keith. Well, that was a rockabilly song by a guy named Jumpin' Gene Simmons. It was recorded in Memphis, and you know, the Gene Simmons of Kiss, who, um, you know, that's not his real name. He calls himself Gene Simmons. You know, he has a very Jewish-sounding name, but they asked him how he came up with the name Gene Simmons, and he said it was this song by Jumpin' Gene Simmons in Memphis, Haunted House. As a little boy, he was so enchanted by that song that it stuck with him the rest of his, uh, you know, through his teenage years and whatnot. And when he was looking for a stage name for himself, he chose Gene Simmons. So that's the side story on Gene Simmons and that uh, a one-hit wonder with the song Haunted House, 
uh, recorded by Ray Harris, who had been a Sun Studio rockabilly guy at High Records in Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Well, you know, we can. that's uh, another service we provide here at TPC. We can give you the background, or at least Keith can, on these novelty songs. Uh, all the song, <laughs> uh, all the information that you didn't want. <laughs> all right, Mr. Producer, I just sent you a message in the chat as well. We're going to call a little audible here and bring a special guest on who I just received a uh, message from, and uh, we're actually going to move him, in fact, to the head of the line tonight as uh, uh, we uh, attempt to make contact with the bombardier who I just talked to uh, before the program. He's out at a surprise. He's out on a bombing run. <laughs> Bert, no, don't say that. Uh, <laughs> no, he's at a birthday uh, surprise birthday party for one of his relatives, and uh, not Eddie's birthday, which is in April, but... Uh, nevertheless, uh, we are celebrating tonight. You're going to hear from uh, some good friends before the end of the program this evening, 19 years on the air. And to kick off that parade is a man you heard in the most recent hour that we broadcast here just last week, along with Virginia Abernathy, was very uh, excited to have just received a text message from none other than Sam Dixon. Sam, how are you tonight? I'm fine. I'm thrilled that this is your 19th birthday. It is, as a, as a matter of fact. All the people that support you and the listening audience and wish you all happy birthday. And I, I know that you're a modest fellow. And I wanted to uh, point out something that uh, we don't generally do, people like us, but I think that you and Keith and those of us who've appeared and the listening audience all uh, should take a moment and thump ourselves on the chest. And I would, what came to my mind was uh, the idea of what would have happened, how would the world be different if the world, if the country had listened to James Edwards and political cesspool over the last 19 years instead of listening to authoritative huh. news outlets like the New York Times and National Public Radio and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and the Washington Post and CNN and all the people. Or even called- so-called conservatives like Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, the the people that call you far-right, far-right, extremist, hater. Well, just look over some of the things that wouldn't have happened. Who who was right and who was wrong? We were told that if we went to war with Afghanistan and and, uh, Iraq, uh, while we would bring democracy to all those countries, Uncle Sam would become a third party to all the Muslim weddings and marriages. And we would straighten them out, and they'd all be grateful. And George Bush said we could do it all for $80 billion. Well, $6 trillion <laughs> later. And, and, and Mary Louise Kelly on National Vote Radio and Anderson Cooper, all of these people, they all went along. Oh, yes, responsible people know, uh, our embedded reporters, that we're going to be welcomed like liberators, and these countries are going to. Iraq going to come like Denmark and Switzerland, uh, and it's all going to be done cheap. We mustn't listen to the voices of hate and extremism. We mustn't listen to the false news. Uh, and you can just check down the list of all the things, that, all the issues uh, which came up. Uh, and over and over again, we have been right. The, the, the facts are in now. There's an old English proverb that truth is the daughter of time. We know that our voices were those of sense, of reason, of historical awareness, of correct assessment, of things like, eugen- like, like genetics, uh, and they have been wrong, wrong, wrong. 
Uh, and there are now thousands of guys lying in uh, graveyards, uh, tens of thousands of them rolling around in wheelchairs or blinded uh, and, and, and from these wars. Uh, and all this has been done by groups like the Southern Poverty Law Center that have supported all of this. Well, and you know, and there, there'll be more in the graves, too. And, and and, Jewish power and influence. And, Sam, let me just say that. That may be your musing. My musing is what a different world we would have lived in if back then – you had been elevated to the U.S. Supreme Court. <laughs> well, or Lieutenant Governor of Georgia, which you ran for. But, you know, Sam, I, I will say this, and there there very well may be more graves uh, if uh, the regime gets its way with the, the or the system gets its way with the way things are going now in the Middle East. But uh, I, I would say this. I appreciate everything you said, and coming from you more than others, uh, I appreciate it. But uh, I was smart enough to do one thing, and that's get people smarter than me in the guest slots. <laughs> and you, as one of our top two or three guests of all time, have played a huge role in, in the support of this program, yeah. uh, both on the air yeah, and off, and I appreciate that. And, but you said far right, which is one of the nicest things that they call me. You know, they were even calling that new House Speaker far right. If he's far right, God help us all. And you had some great... Uh, musings on him as well this week yeah yep they're they're they're, they're there he, he's just absolutely uh, as bad as anyone could imagine he, he's just a, a weak as grandma's iced tea as we used to say here in the <laughs> south yeah well he's worse than that he you know, he he's willing to subordinate his own natural children the, the children of his body and his wife's body uh, to those of this uh, this changeling that he adopted, and, and he made the statement that uh, his natural-born white son has done better in life than the black one, and he knows this is the cause by, by well, systemic racism. had an racism. easier way in life, really, yeah, the way he, he yeah. put it. It's somebody who, for a photo op uh, and, and to get elected, is willing to, just to subordinate the interests of his own natural child. And uh, you you really have to be low. You have to be the, the absolute dregs of humanity to be a Michael Johnson. Well, you know what he's also done? I have the feeling that he is overstating what his relationship with this kid was. I've never seen a picture of him. I've never heard anything from him. Is he a figment of his imagination? Wow. I think that he was probably a foster child that stayed with him for a while. And then he's now just like Sean Tui of the blind side who never adopted Michael Orr, although the world thought he did. Uh, he just was. Well, you're supposing guy. that, but either way, no matter how but much time he spent in the nest, is, it, well, no matter. Regardless of what it is, you know, you're right. As uh, he used it as an occasion to be a race trader. Okay. That's, that, that's what the old term was. And that's what he was. He is a, he is a, this is what you have to remember about these people. That uh, I had a client who claimed to one time that uh, universal suffrage democracy, we are ruled by two classes, the dregs that sink to the bottom and the scum that rises to the top. And, and he, and people <laughs> like him, he, he and people like him represent the scum that have risen to the top. Uh, they have no loyalty to their region. They have no loyalty to their religion. They have no loyalty to their race. Although they have no loyalty to their families. They're, they're sociopathic. Uh, and that's Sam Francis used to call the Republicans the stupid party, and I used to argue with him that that presumes that the people like Michael Johnson today uh, are actually loyal to the Republican Party. These people show no loyalty to anything. 
They're not stupid. It reminds me of George Wallace, who said that the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats is the difference between Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Uh, except that makes it sound trivial. I mean, what we're talking about here, as you said, could very well be Armageddon if they get their way and they just go along with. Uh, He's already giving them a black masters. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, listen, there'll be plenty to talk about in the coming weeks. That's for sure. But tonight, we're letting Mike out. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio, radio. ResolutionRDO.com In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to the Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program, and here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Halloween weekend, we're celebrating 19 years on the air, and invited friends are going to continue to dial in and join the on-air party during this special installment to reminisce about their favorite moments in program history. And if there's been a man who has shared a lot of moments with us on the air and off the air, in the studio and outside of it, it's Sam Bushman. Uh, not to be confused with the other Sam, who is near and dear, who you heard from at the end of the last hour, but Sam Bushman, who, you know, when we first got started, we were on the local AM station, 
Uh, but it was Sam Bushman through the Liberty News Radio Network who syndicated us to a wider audience and through various means uh, got us out to more listeners. And since 2009, uh, Sam has been with us and uh, has been our owner and has either produced the shows himself, uh, himself or, of course, uh, been a, a hand in uh, the production team that, that currently runs the show, has done such a great job uh, for the last two or three years, I believe it has been. But, uh, Sam, uh, I played the Twilight Zone as our intro music. Before we get to some of those behind-the-scenes uh, remembrances of yours, it has felt as though that you and I have started our own episode of the Twilight Zone in the last month or two. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about it and how you've been hand handling it? There's no doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. They said there's a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight. There's also a dimension of hate, ladies and gentlemen. And you've got the Southern Poverty Law Center, I-R-E-H-R, uh, you've got the Rolling Stone magazine and everybody else who literally has hate for everything we hold dear. Everything related to God, family, and country, they absolutely hate and want to destroy. And so what they do is they use projection and they claim we're the haters. We're the dangerous ones. The, we're the ones infiltrating uh, everything. But they lied to you. And I'm calling them out on it. They've attacked me relentlessly. Even the Rolling Stone magazine recently suggesting that I'm somehow evil. Uh, because I talked to a guy that supposedly praised Hitler uh, or whatever else, and Sam Bushman supposedly fundraised for these guys. Um, I haven't done any of those things. However, I will stand with good, honest Americans who have brains and who are willing to think and who are willing to open-mindedly work with people, whether they agree or disagree on every topic isn't important. Uh, but I support the American Free Press, Old Days Spotlight Magazine. I support my friend, John Friend. Uh, I support Sam Dixon, dear friend, uh, James Edwards, dear friend. Uh, and so, you know what? I'm not going to play their game. I'm not going to wither amongst the attacks. I'm going to set the record straight. So Devin Bernhardt, this whacked out guy, you know, they always say what you do if you want to get popular in the media is you punch above your weight, James. So, for example, if I want to get into a tiff and grow my audience, one of the ways they always say to do it is, you know, attack somebody. Uh, more popular, more prominent than you are, and then you can, you know, punch above your weight and try to get to their level and stuff like that. That's what some of these clowns over at the Rolling Stone and uh, uh, IREHR and the Southern Poverty Law Center, they're trying to punch up to my weight, uh, my influence, my because they know <laughs> it's the only way they can get there, James. What more can I say? Well, I, they certainly uh, did one that, you know, we've, I've been denounced by Congress before, but that letter that we found out about and uh, as part of your impeccable research here for some of the stuff you're working on <laughs> behind the scenes, so they found out a letter. Ago, it was two, news to a us. A half ago, they literally sent a letter to Congress about Sam Bushman and James Edwards. Who am I talking about? What? The Southern Poverty Law Center. These clowns sent a letter to Congress, and the letter literally says Sam Bushman and James Edwards together stand shoulder to shoulder as the nexus of hate, anti-government, and white supremacy in America, and they are dangerous, and they need to be investigated, and action needs to be taken soon. Uh, and so then we found, through our research, the hearing in which they submitted this letter. They attacked Richard Mack. They then submitted this letter about me and James, and they wanted this letter to be read into the congressional record and action taken. Ladies and gentlemen, did, and did I'm they telling find you, a these, taker for that? Well, we're trying to we're trying to find out, right? Sam has been contacting his own congressman, trying to find out well, if you that know, if China, either. Russia, and Iran are the new axis of evil, you and James are the new nexus of. I want to get paid like it, though. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I got to take all of this. Wait, it needs to be. 
<laughs> well, my response, though, is this. You know what? The only way the Southern Poverty Law Center can get enough attention now that they've been thoroughly discredited is to try to punch up to Sam Bushman and James Edwards to try to get a little bit of, um, you know, so they, they go to Congress. They put our names in front of Congress in an effort to become relevant. And so far, as far as I can tell, the FBI, the Justice Department and Congress uh, has uh, summarily rejected well, yeah, that's another thing. Proposal. If he couldn't do it, maybe the ADL will come after. Well, him next. I mean, you know, like they haven't already. They, you know, they they certainly have uh, many times over the years. Except, by the way, I interviewed a letter. guy the other day that is suing the ADL uh, for defamation. So the Anti Defamation League, ironically, being sued for defamation right now. You know, and we talked to a, an attorney in Maryland the other day who have informed us that Louis Farrakhan is suing the ADL for, I think, like $75 billion or $5 billion. Everybody's suing everybody now. <laughs> well, ain't that the truth? Lawfare but, Nation is what it's come to be, ladies and gentlemen. What a tragic, tragic downhill slide for the greatest country on the face of the earth, right? Well, you know, Sam, I was going to forget the fact that I'd been denounced on the record by Congress. This goes back to, uh, wow, middle of the last... Yeah, Steve early, Cohen of Memphis. Early part of the last... Yeah, he said you especially were reprehensible, Keith. No, nah, well, he said the show was. <laughs> but uh, he... Um, well, that was just one. Yeah, they, uh, Keith Jeffries Keith was another one. Keith, Keith is likely to go in the media and denounce us all. <laughs> We well, be Hakeem, very careful there. Hakeem Jeffries uh, was another one who's now the the Democratic speaker, and he was one who denounced us on the record. They all took uh, um, Steve King. No, Steve King didn't denounce us, but when Steve King was on for one of his appearances last year, he mentioned uh, Sheila Jackson Lee and, and, and was giving the skinny on her. Isn't uh, she the and, one that just got caught in a scandal, screaming and going ballistic on her staff? That probably sounds about right. But, that, that's a weekly yeah. occurrence. <laughs> but uh, she had denounced what, what happened was we had interviewed Sheriff Paul Babu of Pinal County, Arizona, back in the yes. day. Sheriff, and then he uh -huh. had to go before a uh, Senate Judiciary Subcommittee, and they started grilling him about the political cesspool. Of course, he threw us under the bus quicker than, you know, yeah. as, as quick I as want, he could. I want to get in front of Congress and have them query me about the political cesspool. Let's see how <laughs> that goes down, ladies and gentlemen. Well, and then they all they took a turn at the mic saying, I want this to be entered into the congressional record that I denounced James Edwards in the – anyway. But this this letter, that that was a long time ago. This letter So, is, by the way, is, is I'm newer. asking Congress, though, to give me a chance. If they've put this information in the congressional record about me, I believe I have the right to face mine accusers. I believe I have the right – to tell my side of the story before Congress, so I'm waiting for my chance to testify, James. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? We'll all go up there together. Hold your breath. But uh, nevertheless, that was just another. We're talking about 19 years of memories and uh, accomplishments hey, and setbacks. Go testify and... with us, James. Yeah, sure he will. Right, Keith? Absolutely. Uh, there you, you've got it on record right. now, so we're all, we'll, we'll caravan up there together. But uh, anyway, so that was just another thing that happened. I would have forgotten that one. That was a pretty big one. But you got to abjure the realm. you got to abjure the realm. This is, uh, we're of this world. Uh, what, what's the old quote, Keith? Help me out. We're not of this world, but... Uh, we're in the world. We're in the world. Anyway, so... In the, the world, but not of Oh, it, the music's it. already playing. Well, I, okay, so I think people know. Rolling Stone did a did a piece on us. It's just the latest chapter in hundreds and hundreds of pieces that have been written. Nary a good word to be said in any of them combined. We'll be right back. South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. 
The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. special time of year for Europeans. I mean, the harvest season, this transition into winter, believe me, you better have had your wits about you or you were going to freeze to death. You didn't have low-hanging fruit ready to fall into your lap like the layabouts did in other parts of the world. In, in the equatorial region. Well, this is a special time of year for our people, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on in the program, but right now, we're celebrating 19 years on the air. Yes, I know, folks. Believe me, I know. There is a lot going on in the world right now that would otherwise command our attention on any given show. But I think once a year, it's important to step back and remember where you came from and remember and talk with some of the people that got you there. If you if you don't celebrate from time to time, folks, you forget what you're fighting for. And Sam Bushman was a guy who in 2009 took us in as a standalone show and made us part of a network with network syndication and helped us get it out to a wider audience. And, of course, the rest has been history. Sam, there's so much I want to cover with only one more segment left with you. But uh, that decision to reach out uh, all the way back in 2009, we'd been on the air Obviously, about five years to that point, so we weren't new, uh, but you took us uh, to the next level. Uh, why did you reach out? Well, it's a long story, but uh, my a guy that I was working with at the time uh, said, you know, hey, I was going to syndicate my own show and crank up Liberty News Radio, and I had built and ran radio networks before that and everything else, and I'm like, I'm going to build my own, and then the owner of the previous network we were on, it was Republic Broadcasting at the time, said, don't do it, Sam. Uh, we'll fire you if you do. And I said, I don't want you to fire me, but go ahead. And anyway, there was a big old tiff, and I built my own network. I literally stayed up all night and built it in one night. Uh, that's really how the story goes. Uh, anyway, long story short, and then I looked at all the different shows, and I said, hey, who would I consider taking with me if I were to take anybody? Uh, and so I got talking with Michael, who was the guy at the time that we're talking about. And he said, why don't you consider James Edwards? 
And he said, uh, I got to warn you, you know, James is pretty controversial. You got to make sure you do your research before you take him. What I don't want you to do, Sam, is take James and then decide you don't want him. And now, you know, he's got nobody. James is a dear friend, and I want you to really look at this hard. So I went to the politicalcesspool.org, and I started listening to radio shows, and I started to understand the reference point. Uh, and I started to say, you know what? They have got a valid point to make. And I believe in the First Amendment so strongly, I will be the guy to help them make that point. Uh, and then I listened more and more and more. Uh, then I became friends with James, and then we started to spend a little bit of time together, and I got to know his family, and I got to know really his heart. That's really the key here. I got to know his heart and what he really believes and says and thinks and why and what, what really makes him tick. I began to understand his um, true belief in uh, the Southern gentleman style of life and, and belief and everything. And I said, you know what? Not only do I believe in making a point for them politically from a First Amendment point of view, um, but and over time, over the, over the next couple of years, James just became a true friend. And so that's kind of how it happened. And I did my research to say I will not abandon them. Uh, but then over time, I really understood your heart, James. And I, don't even, I don't know what more I can say except for when you literally spend time with someone and get to know their family and get to know their children and get to know each other and spend time together. Pretty soon, the ties that bind are greater than the First Amendment. Well, that was very well put, and I appreciate that. Of course, you know, people, you don't always see what goes on behind the scenes. You hear the least of it, which is the three hours per week we're with you here on the airwaves, but there's there's about two or three more times the preparation for every show than what you actually hear during the three hours we're on, and then that's not even counting the stuff that Sam's talking about, the time spent together. I mean, that trip to the Republican National Convention, that trip to the Trump inauguration, you know, we were together, but it's not just trips like that, which you could call business trips, trips to conference together. I've seen Sam speak at the Constitution Party Convention. He's been to some of our TPC anniversary reunions. Uh, and last year, my wife and I joined Sam and his beautiful wife for a wedding anniversary trip to Branson. And we ate at every restaurant in Missouri. I think that trip we've been to baptisms together for other friends. It was we were on a vacation. <laughs> together just uh, earlier this summer to, to South Carolina, which I think at least a dozen articles have been written about that. Right, Sam? Uh, they yeah, really love the fact to, that I you... think we just need to go there on a weekly basis and see how many articles <laughs> we can get them to write. Well, I, my God, I, I have never seen such an event so heavily they covered. They literally as, called <laughs> me personally over at Rolling Stone on the phone, and they said, Sam, tell me uh, about your event. Uh, at Dixie Fest, at Dixie Republican, I started to tell them it was like a carnival, and I, you know, they had a barbecue and a band, and it was just great. This People is interesting, folks. Listen to this: leather products and things like this. And I had to make me a belt, and I was telling them it was just great. Kids were there, and when you went inside because it was hot into the store, they're like, "Would you like some water?" And people were playing kind of like checkers and games, and just hanging out and talking. And the guy stops me in the middle of the stream, and he goes, "Are you kidding me? Do you think I was born yesterday?" And I'm like, he re yeah, no, listen to I'm this, telling folks. you the truth. I'm telling he, you what he really didn't. happened. He goes, I don't believe it. Where was the secret meetings? Tell me about those. I went. He really thought it was like a clan. He really thought it was like I was not people. in any secret meetings. I he really know what you're talking this, about. This is this is interesting because when Sam told me that because I refused to interview it's for the Rolling Stones. Sam likes crazy. to do it, but they they really think that they they I think they really believe in their own. Spin. The I top think that brass the doesn't believe it for a second. They're on a hate binge. But the average reporter is so innocent and ignorant, they literally believe this garbage.
And so they thought well, Sam, that's what we were saying earlier. Said, I don't even know why they bothered to try to interview anyone because they've got the interview written up beforehand. Yeah, that's you right. Know, that's right. They, Hold on, right. because they want you to make a statement or two that they can quote you out out of context to make you look like a buffoon. That's why. All right, but but he really thought that there was like it was like a nefarious, as they oh, put totally it, did. anti-government or paramilitary or like people plotting to overthrow or do something violent. So that I said, why don't you go with me next year? And he goes, oh no way, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I said, well, why don't you go out to lunch with me? And he goes, I don't think I could go to lunch with like a racist. This is the Rolling said, Stone, uh, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. He's talking about said, the, the really, writer for the Rolling Stone. Then, then why you can cannot you talk to go me? to lunch with a racist. He said, why would you even go out to lunch with anybody like that? I said, same reason I'd go out to lunch with you. And he goes, why? And I go, because I would like to get past this political differences where you and I just think each other's the bad guy. And maybe we can humanize each other. And actually, you know what? Maybe we can All leave right. as decent friends going. Uh, we just agree on some things, but we can be way. friends, right? Well, that's the, the you're talking world, again. Keith. Well, that's right, Sam. Sam's one in a million. But uh, we're talking about the Rolling Stone piece, which just is the latest of hundreds. No, no, well, that have been what written. happens, Sam, is this: the left always wants to remake you in their image, and good luck. If not going to happen. Not amenable to that, then they have no time for you. I, I'm going to yeah, ask you an impossible I'm too question. Public, and I'm too in their face, and they have to make time for me because Sam whenever is they like call a... me, I'm <laughs> interviewing them. They are not interviewing me. You got to understand that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Sam is like uh, your Afri- your your cliche bulldog with a bloody bone, Keith. Uh, That's right. All right, Sam. I, I, impossible question <laughs> with two minutes remaining. We've talked about some of the behind the scenes moments. Uh, you got a minute uh, behind the scenes moments, or or people. You know, you pre- you're not just the owner. You have produced for years our show, and and we've got another production team now, as you, as as you know. But um, you've listened to hundreds of shows, uh, guest moments behind the scenes. Two minutes go. I would say my favorite, believe it or not, is Bill Rowland. And, and I'm going to tell you uh, why. Yeah. He was such a, uh, in my opinion, incredible mentor for you, James. Uh, and I saw that in the things that he would say off air. And um, he would talk about the media and how we need to stand together. And he, he really came from the same place I do when it comes to we have got to stand for our beliefs. We cannot melt down. We cannot equivocate. We cannot... Um, betray ourselves we cannot cuck we cannot and he was really the guy that kind of said listen you don't need to be belligerent and bombastic but you do got to stand your ground in a meaningful way and I, I really took a page out of that playbook because that's where I came from and when I met Bill Rowland he had those same views there was instant solidarity James you know I'm glad you brought that up and I know Keith is as well Keith is still with us some people come and go throughout the years it's like the scene in the Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot. Uh, we're all volunteer. I don't want to use the word militia. He uses it in the movie. But we're all, you know, look, people can come and go as, as they please because you're not getting paid for it, and it's, 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 uh, it's volunteer stuff. But Bill Rowland. you listen to Rolling Stone and all the liars, I'm getting paid a gazillion dollars, James. The only problem <laughs> is that. the money. Uh, but Bill Rowland, you know, there was a lot of people who have come and gone over the years, Keith, on our staff, and some of them have gone home to their eternal reward. Bill Rowland was one, and he was instrumental. Well, Bill Rowland was also somebody that, uh, like the old song, was country before country was cool. He was on the right back during the civil rights movement in times like that, and he actually was out there counter-protesting against the civil rights protesters. Uh, So he really had the lineage for this. He knew all the players back in the 50s and 60s and whatnot, uh, particularly the 60s and the 70s. 
Uh, he was out there. Yeah, he and, gave um, the political cesspool early credibility, James. He really did as a partner in this. I'm not saying you don't deserve credit, too, but I'm telling you, he was one of the keys that really gave the show credibility right from the start. I'll give all credit to, to, the, to the people that have helped me along the way. I don't have a problem with that. Sam was talking in the first hour. Uh, the guests have made this program great. The people who have mentored me have made this program great. Sam, you have made this program great. There wouldn't even be a program without you. So, yeah, I, I, I am happy to be able to step in and do what I do as a showrunner, but uh, it's, it, it is truly a collective effort here. And thank you for God mentioning the name Bill Rowland tonight. Happy All Saints Day. Uh, <laughs> that's right. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to hear from Scoop Stanton next. Your daily. Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Skip Kelly. Maine authorities announced Friday night that the suspected mass shooter Robert Card had been found dead near Lisbon Falls from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Mike Soschuk, commissioner of the Maine Department of Safety, said that when the shooting happened, police responded quickly. It's spare time. Uh, a minute after those initial officers respond, eight more are there. Now we're saying now everybody's starting to roll in about the same time. All the victims' identities have been confirmed. Among them, the youngest was 14 years old, while the oldest was 76. Robert Card, a 40-year-old U.S. Army reservist, is accused of perpetrating the deadly attack, resulting in the loss of 18 lives and injuries to 13 individuals in a bowling alley and a bar in Lewiston, Maine. The recent mass shooting in Maine has revived discussions surrounding assault weapons. President Biden asserts it underscores the necessity for a ban, but many Republicans remain unconvinced. Senator John Cornyn of Texas emphasized the importance of preventing individuals with mental illness from accessing weapons. It's not the gun itself that is the problem, because in the hands of a law-abiding person, they're not a threat to public safety. In Maine, military authorities report that the suspected gunmen began exhibiting erratic behavior in mid-July. The state has a yellow flag law in place, mandating both a medical assessment and sworn testimony from police or a family member to temporarily remove someone's firearms. I'm John Schaefer. The United Auto Workers Union and GM are potentially edging towards a labor agreement. According to CNBC, discussions persisted into Friday morning. The proposed deal would be modeled after the tentative agreement recently struck with Ford. The FDA is releasing a safety advisory for six states regarding a potentially tainted batch of oysters. Harvested earlier this month, they were distributed in Florida, Massachusetts, Maryland, Maine, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. The FDA is strongly recommending restaurants dispose of these oysters. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. I think Danny would approve 
approve of you having that. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're talking about condensing 19 years into one segment, if there's one man who can do it, it's our resident historian and Washington, D.C. correspondent. I'm, I'm from D.C. We got to know him all the way back in 2005 uh, when he sent in an email, and he's been part of the team ever since. Since it's none other than our beloved Scoop, and Scoop shines on shows like this. He remembers things that I have long since forgot. Let's see what he has for us on this, our 19th anniversary scoop take it away good evening political cesspool family if i'm a little winded i just took a uh, selfie with our new family member but anyways over the years i have been tasked with providing a top 10 list for the political cesspool in the early years it was pre- relatively easy as we had but so many events uh, go on then it became more too cumbersome as we did things and we saw things as the years progressed so what I did, I decided to do a re- recap of our most memorable events with our family. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's get started. And also, we call ourselves family because we are a family, and we do fight like brothers. I can test to the fact. Anyways, first of all, <laughs> of course, is one James Edwards and Austin Farley. We owe everything to this two gentlemen. We owe them a debt of gratitude. They are the reason that we are all here and that I am at this very nice Halloween party. Now, Austin went off to run for public office and take care of his very large family, but James was left to navigate the ship through rough waters, and it's been a 19-year voyage. Mr. Edwards has been threatened investigated, slandered, and even and has been called everything but a child of God. Now, this is for a little radio show on Saturday nights by a dude on a laptop, and he still stands tall. Then Eddie the Bombardier Miller came along. Eddie pulls no punches, and the running joke is that he gets toss, tossed out of the best political rallies. Now, one of the most emotional shows on the political cesspool, the political cesspool was denounced by a, a congressional committee. Now listen to what you, you would swear that these two tough as nails men were tearing up. I was a, uh, a listener. I uh, made up my contribution. I was a listener and it was emotional for me. And as if the listeners weren't given enough for some of the hardest hitting talk radio, Sean Bergen came along and closed the show. It's like the Rolling Stones performed in 1969 followed by Led Zeppelin. Then Winston Smith came vast vocabulary and his knowledge of kinism, Winston eventually moved on to support his family in another state. And then Chief Art Frith came along to give some professionalism to the broadcast. So the political suspect did not sound like the radio version of Hee Haw. Chief Frith made it cool <laughs> to clown Mr. Edwards. One of the best shows for the political suspect was the farewell show for Art. It was Art, Austin Farley, and Jess Bonds. And it was the one of the funniest shows ever i remember that one my Anyways, god that was a long time during, ago yeah keep right. going. and then during the during the early days uh james had one of the most unique lineups 
ever. First, it was our hero, Patrick J. Buchanan, who I was a hero of even when I was in high school. Followed by actor and patriot Sonny Landham live from his hospital bed under some very heavy medication. It was an interview for the ages. And then James has me close the show. How, how am I going to follow Pat Buchanan, Sonny Landham, in a hospital bed under heavy medication, and then me? <laughs> this, this show was Led Zeppelin, followed by the Rolling Stones, and then one Tiny Tim. Page two. <laughs> so anyways, uh, James took the successful into syndication, and by the grace of God, we ended up with Sam Bushman. Sam also owns Liberty News Radio. He's one of the smartest people we know. A few years ago, Sam had a celebration of 25 years on the radio. I was invited as usual, and as usual, I did not have enough money to leave Washington, D.C. So James read a speech that I wrote for Sam, which is very touching. James edited it uh, his own way. He said, uh, thanks for having me here, and uh, have a good evening. Uh, but anything, one thing about Sam, when he is on the air, you better know your stuff because he knows about the topic you're about to talk about than you do. But moving to 2014, it was a banner year for the cesspool. We were 10 years in. Then retired Bridgeport, Connecticut police officer Jim Lancia contacted James because he wanted to uh, uh, promote a book that he wrote. And then James had me uh, feel him out. And then within two seconds, I knew Jim was good to go. Jim came on and was killed numerous times. And then eventually uh, we made him part of the family, and he did uh, my first radio show on Liberty News Radio, and he's still with us. Anyways, another part of the Northeast, News 12 reporter Sean Bergen went on a limb and spoke the truth. And, of course, he was fired. I reached out to him on Facebook, and he replied. I was shocked because I imagine he was bombarded with interview requests from mainstream media and had offers from Fox News. That was not the case. Well, Sean answered my message. Uh, we got talking on the phone. I introduced myself as Peter Stanton. Then Sean asked me who Scoop Stanton was. I explained that that was also me, and there's enough for me to fill both roles. Now, Sean and I did a road trip to Geno Stakes on 9th Street in Philadelphia. Sean came down from New York. I came up from Washington, D.C. Geno's founder, Joey Venture, was a guest on the political cesspool. And then Sean said during the show, uh, we were prepping the show, he was frantically doing research while I was stuffing my face with a sandwich. He wasn't lying. Sean also said that uh, across the street were some street musicians playing. Sean said he was going to have me uh, give the street musicians $20 to stop playing. Then in December 2014, Sean told me, told James officers that James Edwards, the officers Win Jen Lu and Rafael Ramos were executed sitting in the RMP in Brooklyn on a break. Sean knew this was the start of the war on cops, and this would make national news, and unfortunately he was right, but we did break the story. Now, I make a point to read the names of murdered cops every week on my show nine years later. But more about Sean in a moment. Anyways, April of 2014, we snagged Pulitzer prize-winning reporter, who's also a best-selling officer and nationally, national personality on television. It was Charlie LaDuff. His interview was off the chain. Now, Charlie is a friend of 7 Fire Radio as he come, comes on after a few pops wreaking havoc for me and Walter. And now I look at him and Walter Yerku as my older brothers because they fight like me and my brother. Anyways, he is an extended member of the 7 Fire family. Then, August 2014... Political successful interviewed radio legend Anthony Cumia. Cumia was recently fired That's from Sirius XM and was, yeah. starting his, his, he was starting his own platform for a subscription-based podcast network. This turned into the best interview of both Cumia and James Edwards. Now, during the interview, Cumia told James that he wanted to hang out, just drink some beers, and shoot the breeze. 
At the word I called his executive producer, Keith Nasser, or a.k.a. Keith the Cop. And he said Kumi had a great time and looked forward to cross-promotions. And Sean Bergen was even booked on Kumi's show without our involvement. But then, of course, all hell broke loose with the media, and that was the end of that. Now, I reached out to Kumi, on the, uh, <laughs> Kumi and Compound Media numerous times with no response, despite Kumi following me for a short time on Twitter until I got suspended. Then, 2016, <laughs> Sam, 2016, Sam and James interviewed Donald Trump Jr. on Sam's show. And as usual, the accusations came out in junior backpedal. Now, Sam came out and listed in precise detail what happened before, during, and after the show. For once, Sam was pissed. Now, I texted James to find out if we were fighting with the Trumps. At, the, at this point so far, we've been beefing with everybody from all sides about everything. Now, I was ready to stand with a ragtag, scattered bunch of misfits against a billionaire <laughs> family with a real estate empire in New York City. On election night, we did a five-hour commercial-free show called The Political Roundtable. It was Sam, James, Eddie, Sean, Jim Lancia, myself, and other guests. This was a proud moment for the entire family was together. Now, James was able to get tickets to the inauguration. Sam and uh, Sean Bergen came down to Baltimore for the inauguration. And, of course, I couldn't make it because I had to work. Now, James knows genius when he sees it. He told Sam Bushman and Sean Bergen to have at it and take over the show. And these two guys took off with more thrust than a 747 leaving Dulles Airport. Now, this wasn't the first time James uh, did turn over the reins of the show. When some piece of trash showed up, shot up the Pulse nightclub in Florida, the cesspool was the only media outlet to denounce the killer and mourn the fallen, despite the differences we have with the gay community. They do have a right to be free. They do have a right to uh, associate among themselves, and that's what they did, harming nobody. But Jim and Sean broke it down to a science, and James listened with bated breath and just did the intros and outros. Page three. <laughs> How much time I got, James? Uh, probably seconds, but you actually have brought up a few things that I have forgotten about and things again and that we wouldn't have mentioned tonight, as you always do, uh, Scoop. Hey, all right, all right. Let me. All right, let me get to the good part. Um, now we lost Bill Rowan, which it was. We were tearing up, all of us. But again, Sam Bushman said, "Calm us in four words." Bill is with Christ. Then with Dylan Roof, uh, James, you were uh, you were threatened, and we stood by you, and you stood by Sean Bergen. And finally, our best part, we promoted the hell of Sean Bergen when he went to another platform. He invited all of us on the show, except me. Yeah, former Fox, yeah, former reporter Sean Bergen. We have worked with so many great people. Thank you for mentioning Sean Bergen, Jim Lancia, and a lot of a lot of memories that would not have been hey brought there, up TBC otherwise. Family. We'll be right back. This is James Edwards, your host of the Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. 
You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because it gets spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Well, I saw Long Cheney walking with the queen. London. I saw Long Cheney Jr. walking with the Queen, doing the werewolves of London. I saw werewolves drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. D.C. area to the Chicagoland area we go. Scoop Stanton, I want to thank Scoop. He had a tall order tonight trying to break down some greatest moments in one segment, although he did remind me of a few things that had happened that I had forgotten about and mentioned some names that should have been mentioned tonight. Jim Lancia and Sean Bergen among them, integral parts of our team over the years. And Scoop, thank you for the job that you have done. You know, Scoop has been with us since 2005. He now, he <laughs> texted me earlier today congratulating me on 19 years and said, did you ever think you'd be the father of your own radio empire with two spinoff shows? Yes, Scoop is the host of what we affectionately call the fourth hour, 7-5 radio that comes on immediately after TPC on this network every Saturday night. And of course, he's not even the only former uh, cast member who has his own uh, radio program now. So that's just the way we do things around here. But joining us now is uh, Jack Ryan. And Jack, uh, have you ever seen a werewolf drinking the pina colada at uh, one of the bars outside of Chicago? I bet you've seen all kinds of things like that out there. Well, I hope he doesn't have too many or he's probably going to get uh, robbed and loaded by the yeah, you, 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 you probably tried to pick one up Jay. no 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 yeah the werewolf's gonna get robbed and looted he said if he has one too many have you seen anything worse than a werewolf in the chicagoland area just chicago corporate uh women lawyers i think that would be like a vampire or a werewolf right <laughs> I think that's the worst, but you know, we'll go around the world and see what the most terrifying thing. But Chicago uh, college miseducated office women lawyers were really 
they're getting the reputation right up there as being being the worst. I mean, you don't see you don't see uh, billboards in St. Petersburg, Russia, saying Chicago women lawyers want to meet you, and you're like, why? Did I do something bad? I'd rather be sent to Siberia, <laughs> some work camp, or something like that. But now you go to South Africa to find your women, right? Um. Okay, well, this is another subject for a show, but I, I follow things. I try not to watch TV, what's there to watch or something, but there is a Internet movement going on. It started in the African-American community called Passport Bros, and these are just regular American men that have just given up trying to date or marry American women that are just – they're so hostile. They're not traditional. They're competitive with men. They don't make good girlfriends or good wives and they just have impossible standards. Just look at, look at Tom Brady, the most, the most successful uh, quarterback in, in world history. He's handsome, six foot three. He's a multi, multi million millionaire, but his wife wasn't happy with him. He, she said, well, uh, he put her, his career in front of hers. He didn't do enough house work or something like that. So if Tom Brady can't get a traditional, you know, why does some regular guy? What I, I think it might be a blue state phenomenon there, Jay, uh, Jack. Uh, well, I don't think we have that play. problem down here, do we, James? Not at all. Not well, you extent. thought you didn't have any gay people in the South before. Now, look, look at your South Carolina representatives. You got flames. <laughs> you mean Louisiana. Louisiana. No, they're talking oh, about Lindsey Graham. Lady G. Well, I don't yeah. know about um, Mike Johnson either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he might no, be I've seen, I'm telling you, I've, no, I've seen guys like that at, at mega churches. You don't see them in the real, in the small Southern Baptist churches, which most Southern Baptists go to. Now you probably see them in all churches. I, I just don't have, I can't testify yeah. to that. These, but uh, you see them at the big Southern Baptist churches. These corporate types that go to these right. mega churches trying to burnish their reputations, you do find them there. Hold, hold on a second, though, Jack. You're letting work intrude yeah. tonight. You, you're you're geared up for a normal <laughs> segment. We're supposed to be partying and remembering. Right. Um, Good times and right. battles pasts and where well, we're going from here. Well, I just wanted to say how happy I am to have found uh, the political cesspool. And it is, I think, a family of just very intelligent, good Americans, mostly in the South, but, but related. And I've been – a lot of us, we feel that, that we're alone, that we're taking on all the world's problems and corruptions. Uh, by ourselves and we try to look and we don't see anybody that ever speaks the truth from our perspective like Tucker Carlson doesn't matter he's the highest rated uh, TV presenter he loses his job so you just can't find intelligent principled people in the mainstream media that are presenting our point of view the rights of our history our culture or at least getting so paid for it. I, when I found it yeah when I found the TPC uh, it's, it's, it's just been great it doesn't mean that we're going to be able to defeat all these horrible other people, but at least you know we're not completely alone. We're not crazy. We we can see what's happening and we do our best. And so I think that I've been honored to be part of TPC. What's it been? It's it's probably been like about six years, seven years. Well, we were talking about yeah, we, we we were talking about that earlier. You came. I first got to know you through Brad Griffin, and you came to one of our conferences, right. and that was when we first met in person. And, of course, right. we, we hit it off, and then we had a phone call. We had a phone call conversation, and you talked about, uh, hey, you know, maybe I can do something on the program, and we figured out a role for you. That was around the time, by the way, that Scoop, who was just on the in segment prior to this, uh, went Branching on to start, out. yeah, his own show, and we had an opening, and 
uh, and you you filled it well. I mean, you know, intermittently. It's not every week, and sometimes it may be for several weeks, right. and you take a little time off. I mean, you come and go as you please. Uh, Globetrotter. <laughs> well, you're always up to something. But, no, but uh, it's always fun when you're on, and you're certainly a part of the current uh, team here. And that's, uh, you know, people we've been uh, with Sam earlier tonight. We're going to hear from, from more before it's all over. But, uh, no, it's 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 been fun. So, and But I, I was going to ask Sam yeah. Bushman this. And uh, time ran out, and he always has such a great answer for this because he's come to so many of our events, but you've been to a couple of them as well. Describe for the audience Mr. and Mrs. TPC, the kind of people who turn out at our events are obviously the kind of people who are representative of the audience at large. Uh, So when you come to one of our events, uh, Jack, uh, who do you see? What do you find? Well, there's there's a nice uh, mixture of, youth and experience that, that, that I was saying, and a nice mixture. A lot of times you go to these ones and it's, it's all guys, but there's some, there's some really talented uh, women uh, there. And I met, I met Courtney from Alabama before she was married. And then she came, she came later and she just had some uh, just adorable little children. And some of them were just sort of, sort of, uh, they're like two-year-olds and three-year-olds and they were behind me in a row at the conference and she said, have my children been like bothering you? I'm like, no, they're the cutest things you could ever imagine. It's just so good to see healthy, uh, intelligent people that are family-oriented in this world that's just crazy. And, and it, you, you got to try to keep out as much as you can with, with trainees doing advertisements for Bud Light and <laughs> just, or all this kind of stuff. But just being around healthy, intelligent people and that have some social manners too. That's another thing that, that's, that's lost. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. And we get a history. We go on uh, bus tours of, conf- of, of civil war battlefields, museums. Yeah, sure did. And we have some good singers and we, we have somewhat professional singers and then people can sing, uh, Dixie and, and hymns and things like that. So that's uh, I really like, I, I highly recommend it, and we're always careful, but not paranoid. So a lot of people, they're scared of their shadow that they can't go out and stuff like that. No, we've never had a problem. And if we did, we would handle it. We're, we're not, we're not uh, wimps, you know. We know how to defend ourselves. I I, I like how you very di- <laughs> diplomatically put it. Uh, our audience ranges from uh, the young to the experienced. <laughs> <laughs> you learned that from the south. <laughs> but we do have, of course. <laughs> We do have, of course, a, a very attractive audience as well. And I, I really liked it. one of the events. I can't remember which one it was or what year it was, but it wasn't too long ago. One of our events, all of the ladies got together and took a well, – not even all of the ladies, I don't think. I think it was all of the mothers, all of the you know, ladies with young children, I should put, I should say. Uh, and that was a very attractive – photograph. Beautiful women and uh, intelligent women and um, – Beautiful and intelligent children. And beautiful and intelligent men. <laughs> no, listen. Uh, we. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I go that far. <laughs> no, listen. I tell you what. <laughs> we call our uh, uh, conferences reunions, and and they are that. I mean, it is. It is. We use it almost to the point where it becomes cliche, like family, family, family. But my God, when you are under fire, when you are battling with a group of people, not with them, but with them against others, uh, and. 
uh, against uh, the, the common adversary and when you are suffering with people and when you're in the trenches with people, so to speak, and when you rely I'll, on I'll put our group up against ASPLC anytime. I tell you what, it's a wonderful audience. It's a wonderful audience, and it's wonderful. Like you said, Jack, I mean, the future is uncertain. I think, I think we're going to have a puncher's chance to turn this thing around. I think every mistake the system can make, it is making, and it's being exacerbated now and in real time with this situation in the Middle East. It's all spiraling out of control. People can no longer ignore the dysfunction of the left. And, uh, and, and of the kosher right, uh, like, like this new Speaker yeah. of the House. But, uh, but uh, we will be good shepherds to our flock, whatever flock the Lord has given us. And uh, we're very proud of this audience that we have built and that we have cultivated and that we have maintained for 19 years, Jack. And I want to thank you for the role you've played in the last six or seven years as a part of this program. We're all in this together. Some people come and go. Some people are here for a little while. Right. Some people leave. Some people we're come all on. We're together as- until the... Attorney General uh, Garland knocks on her door and puts him in. <laughs> well, and then we'll still be together, and hopefully we'll be. I'd be doing with a bunch of Southern Rebellion guys. Come on. <laughs> now, well... I'm from Chicago, man. Yeah, yeah Merrick Garfinkel. <laughs> but, uh, now, listen. Some people were there in the beginning, and they faded out. Some people came in well into our run, like you, Jack, and are still with us. And for all the people Absolutely. that have bridged the gaps, I mean, there's only been one that has been there from day one until now, and that's me. Even, Keith, you've been here for almost the entire run, but not from day one. Uh, and uh, Remember the first time I was on the show, what it was for? I was running for office. and you had No, me well, you had called you. in, surely, before that. Oh, yeah, I had yeah, called, called in. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the first time I was an official guest on the show. And, uh, well, listen, Jack, we appreciate you. We've got a third hour still coming. And uh, some of those aforementioned ladies are going to be a part of it. So let's see who's on deck, and we'll find out together. Jack, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, and okay. uh, everybody God else, bless, stay tuned. Uh, everyone and, and, and our family. You got it. God bless you. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, dot U.S. Is there a count somewhere? You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel Body Armor and an Army Ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com. You're listening to the Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. 
Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness. Despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers, he stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader, Get Leon DeGrell in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. It's Halloween weekend, and we will be talking a little bit more about that before the end of the program tonight, uh, but um, of at least equal importance and certainly of more importance to us here at TPC, it is our anniversary weekend now, 19 years on the air. And I was telling Keith Alexander in the last segment, there's only been one person uh, who has been here from day one until the present, and I guess that's yours truly in a way, but behind the scenes, that's certainly not true. There is one person who has been with me since even before the very first step, and that's my wife, who has uh, actually joined us here. Surprise guest, if you could call her that. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during uh, the opening segment of this, our third hour. Now, we've told this story before, uh, probably on some of the Valentine's Day broadcasts when we bring all of the ladies on. But I first met my wife in the summer of 2001. Now, this is 19 years on the air for TPC, so that goes back, uh, that'll take us back to 2004. But it was in the summer of 2001 when I first met the young lady who would eventually become Mrs. Edwards. And, <laughs> Keith. But, um, so 2001, that was a year after the Buchanan campaign, but a year before I had uh, decided to run for office, and a full three years before. Uh, the the start of the radio program, and so she has been with me since 
for all of it. For all of it, literally <laughs> for all of it, not notwithstanding Buchanan. So, uh, how are you doing tonight? Good. Uh, you got to get close. You, I got to tell you like I tell Keith. At least Keith's been on nineteen years and he still doesn't get. It. <laughs> I, know, I know how to do it. Right, I know. I got it. I got it. All right. So you can remember all the way back. I just remember how many people have held this microphone yeah, and how close right. they've had it to their lips. Probably a few germs on that windscreen. So I'm a little hesitant to hold it that close. Yeah, there's probably some There's stuff only one on that person windscreen. that's been this close. <laughs> now, I can remember you when I was running for office in uh, the fall of 2002. You were out at the campaign booth at the carnival and at the local fall festival hanging out hanging out and handing out uh, literature and then the, the show started and then the rest is history now one thing i want to mention uh the early days of the of the show and still to this day i mean you've always done it but i can remember in the first house that we had when we had just first gotten married i can remember sitting in that den with the wood paneling yes and you and I just sitting there together, stuffing envelopes, and you still do I that. Still but do I still, I, you still do that. But I, I, I remember that. I remember doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one though. I mean, you really have been a part of this the whole way. Uh, what has that been like? I mean, there, it's there's some good and some bad in there. What do you mean? I'm, I mean, I'm honored to be able to have the life that I have and be able to stand and watch you. It is close to my mouth. Yeah, but it's got to be really close, or at least you've got to talk louder. You're. <laughs> you can go. Go. I'm honored to have the life that I have, and I know that I'm blessed, and I know um, that there's sacrifices that come with that, with, you know, having the... Well, I, 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 I tell you what you're driving at. Uh, we actually had Sam Bushman on in the last hour. So you and I and the kids were going on a walk around our neighborhood last week, a few days ago, whenever it was. You know I'm not going to speak as eloquently. Uh, well, this makes me nervous. <laughs> no, no, you're doing great. But you were reading a little bit of the Rolling Stone article, and you started laughing at how they were characterizing oh, yeah, Sam, Sam Bushman. He's one of the kindest, nicest people I've ever I've ever met. And, and, you know, for people to make fun of or say some of the things that they've said is, is just ridiculous. Well, you can see, when I mean, you obviously see through that, you were laughing, and I said, you know, what, what's so funny? He said, that how they're talking about Sam, he's not like this at all. And, of course, but this yeah. is one of the benefits, or benefits, I, I don't know if that's even the right word, but one of the things that you know from being behind the scenes of all of this is you know all of these people. And you've gotten to know so many yeah. of the guests, uh, so many of they've, the regular guests. They've really been a part of our family. and That's and the word they, again. Now, she has not been in here for the previous two hours. That word has come up so many times, family, family, family. But you consider them to be that, and so do Absolutely. I. Absolutely. I mean, some of these people have been around since I've been, you know, 16 years old, and there's been a lot of wisdom and a lot of a lot of things that I've learned and, and really grown up with a lot of these people. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I've just... In really, their homes and, and, yeah, and them in our home. Yeah, in our home and, yeah. and, and even and maybe some to trips together. Watch people build families and... You know, support our family. Well, there's just so many people. I mean, there's so many people we could single out. But the, 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 we were talking with this with Jack Ryan about some of the people that come to conferences. Now we're talking about people that we can't mention on the air, friends and supporters right. of the program, really more than friends, but right. people that we've gotten to know. And, and the, there's and people that are in our everyday lives. How would you? Let me ask you this, because I asked this question of Jack in the last hour. How would you describe the people that you've met who are listeners and supporters of this radio program? I mean, I don't really think that there's there's words that can specifically um, compared compared to how they are described by the media well if anybody knew these people and knew their hearts and knew you know just how they 
treat people. Uh, you're making me worry about this stupid <laughs> microphone. I can't even think. Well, these are straight. wonderful people. Yes, these are wonderful, wonderful people. people. They are family people, God-oriented uh, people, uh, and they are the, really the best that America has to offer. I, I would say that the people yeah. of this audience, the, the sampling size that we have met, represent the very best of this country. And it's salt of the earth. Thank you, Keith. That's so true. That's so true. Um, and for an example, you know, a, a conference that you went to recent, recently and Henry wanted to go, mm. you know, for a daddy, a daddy date, just him. And he got cinnamon icing on his shirt. And one of the ladies took him back to the kitchen yeah. and got the stain out of his shirt and wrote me a letter. You know, I just wanted to make sure that stain came out of his shirt. And I just couldn't be more thankful well, for people that I'm, are in our lives like that. I'm like, glad it's you just brought so that up. Sweet and so tender. And they really do love our families like their own. Well, and, I'm glad you brought that up. That That's a great, I'm glad you brought that up because this is another behind the scenes on that actual trip. Jared Taylor was speaking with yeah. me that thing. And so Henry and I, my son and I might yeah. turn nine years old yesterday, by the yeah, way, little buddy. Uh, the show turned 19 years old two days ago. Henry turned nine years old yesterday. And you were very pregnant at one of our conferences with Henry yes. about a week before I he was think born. I had him, yeah, I had him the Monday after. But uh, the uh, Jared was with us, and 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 I remember me and my son and Jared going out to eat at this meet and three place, and uh, we were just hanging out all weekend. And Jared said, "You got to take this boy skating." He wanted Henry yeah. wanted to go skating, and he said, "Jared said you got to take this boy skating." And uh, it's just you, well, the people like that, like Sam and Jared, and all these the regulars people as these big profound people and they and they really are but to me they've just been a part of my life since I was you know a young teenager and I just see them truly as you know just family and and I know I keep saying that but I don't know how else to explain it I think everybody well, you've gone on trips with these people you've grown uh, up you've literally grown up with these people I've known yeah, you since you were a teenager can relate to the term family they know what family means to them and you know they're just such important they serve such important roles in your lives, and, and well, I can't imagine without these people. One of the things I was going to mention tonight, but we don't have time now because we only have you for one segment and we're running out of time, but we're doing a project with the kids where you're teaching the yes. kids a little bit more about the different Exploring nations. Exploring countries and cultures, yeah. Exploring countries and cultures. And so many of our international guests yes. have participated in this project that my wife thought up of. And you look really good, by the way. <laughs> but I, uh, she came up with this thing, and we'll tell you more about that in a in a, in a subsequent show. But so many of our international friends have participated hey, in this project. We'll tell you more about it next time. Love you. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of twelve essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern Nation, what is Southern Nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil spiritual power the more they used the lies. 
The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him the beast his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Hey there, little red riding hood You sure are looking good You're everything Big bad wolf could want Little red riding hood I don't think little big girls should Go walking in these spooky old Welcome back, everybody, to uh, that synthesis that we have this time every year, or at least on some years. Sometimes we celebrate the anniversary even earlier than this. Sometimes we celebrate it the week before the 26th, sometimes the week after. You just never know. Uh, but tonight, it is our anniversary broadcast and also uh, our annual Halloween broadcast, as you can tell, with this festive music and another uh, teammate who has been a part of the show for a long, long time, Courtney from Alabama. Now, Keith, we, we hear from Courtney regularly on our special broadcast, whether it be Confederate History Month or maybe even sometimes the 4th of July, certainly on Valentine's Day and throughout the year in between as well. Halloween, she normally features, uh, sometimes Christmas too. I sent her some email articles today, by the way. And uh, sometimes when I go out to conferences, I'll, I'll hear people ask, hey, what about Courtney from Alabama? You know who I like? Courtney from Alabama. Well, let's hear from her now. And as we celebrate 19 years on the air, she's been a part of it. Uh, what's she's it? part of the team. Really? Uh, on the air for a long time, but even before that as a supporter. Courtney, how are you tonight? I'm good. Uh, how are uh, how are y'all doing? I always appreciate you uh, having me on. Well, we're doing good. How are you doing, Keith? Uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> well, let's toss it back then to uh, Courtney, who I know has spent a lot of time today preparing her remarks. So, uh, Courtney, before we get into Halloween and all of that, uh, to close the show, one more segment on 19 Years on the Air. Uh, what's your take? Okay. Uh, um, you know, I have been, just like you said, I've been on for many different topics, Um you know, Halloween and Christmas are a couple of the more laid-back ones, with Christmas being, you know, a little more serious for obvious reasons. And and then Valentine's Day, that can be a mixture of, you know, laid-back, fun, and, and more serious topics. But, you know, to be honest, my favorite time being on the show and um, and also, you know, as far as, you know, featured guests that you have, and I hope I'm taking this in the right direction, Um but, uh, you know, I, I, I get the most excited over the topics, uh, over three different topics that I associate with my identity. I have three identities that I celebrate. Uh, one of them is, you know, my Southern heritage. Um, the other one is, you know, uh, early America, the founding fathers, the pioneers, and the settlers. That's also part of my heritage. 
And then you go back before that, our heritage in Europe, particularly um, for me and the three of us, particularly Great Britain. And so I love it when either I'm on the show talking about either of the, any, any of those topics or when you have other people on. Um, for Southern Heritage, of course, there's Confederate History Month. That's always that's always one of my probably my most favorite. And then and then uh, you know when you're broadcasting from Alabama, and then uh, and then your South Carolina broadcast. <laughs> oh man, that that is always that that's always a very I, I really enjoy that one. And then you know and of course you know for the second part of my identity, early America, I always enjoy the Fourth of July. Uh, when you have, when, when either the two of you or you have guests on talking about, you know, the founding fathers and what they really, you know, envisioned for this country. Um, and, you know, and then when I get to come on and talk about it. And then, you know, the third identity, Europe, particularly Great Britain. I, I really like it in, in March when you do the March Around the World. I think that's what it's called. And, um, and especially, you know, again, I have a bias, but especially when you when you have the leaders on from uh, Great Britain, I just feel the closest affinity to them, and um, and so I just I, I like all three of those topics, and and I want to let the audience know I got permission uh, from James ahead of time to you know to kind of talk about you know start with that, but then also talk about why I'm passionate about this topic. So I I don't want it to sound like I'm meandering or straying, and and I'll try to wrap this up quickly so it doesn't sound like I'm rumbling but you know there's a there's a reason for uh for what I'm going into it's 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 just why I'm so passionate about these topics um I just you know I I feel like uh let me look at the right notes here (laughs) uh you know those three identities that I just mentioned I I feel like you know the three the 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 groups and those three identities kind of overlap in this country as far as the Americans that can trace their heritage to those identities. Like there's a lot of overlap between them, and um, I feel like you know they're they're really the most attacked in this country. There's an effort to erase them from history. Um, there's a celebration of immigrants, and you know, and it's 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 to the point where you know it's like we we're at the point where we act like the people who are descended from those three groups I just mentioned, it's like we just don't exist anymore. We're deliberately undercounted in censuses. I mean, there's there's a bunch of reasons for that, um, and and I'm going to talk about that more on the 4th of July. Um, but I mean, it's it's kind of obvious. I mean, the, there aren't very many. I mean, you don't really hear very many Americans going on about. Oh, I'm so I'm so proud of my British ancestry. It's like that's the one ancestry nobody really talks about. But another thing I want to point out is. Uh, you know this idea that we're all just a bunch of European mutts. Um, you know, I, I, I think you know liberals love to repeat that over and over again. Just like this idea that we're a nation of immigrants. I think they do it to demoralize the whites in this country, make us feel like we don't really have anything to fight for. And I hear a lot of people in our movement repeat that too, but they do it for different reasons. They do it to bring white people together. Like we shouldn't be focused on our ancestors. We should come together as one blob of white people. Well, the problem with that statement, though, is that it's not really true. Um, I'm noticing more and more as white people are doing their ancestry DNA tests, they're discovering that most of them are actually mostly, you know, they can they, they can connect themselves to mostly at least, you know, one part of Europe, a particular region of Europe, a particular country. And the part of America that your friend says a lot about what that 
region of Europe is and what that particular ancestry is. And I think as more white Americans do these ancestry DNA tests, I think a lot of people are going to be in for a huge surprise. White Americans are a lot more homogenous than what we are currently being told. And this Sean Hannity view of America that we can all just forget our ancestries and become one as Americans and um, or, or even this idea in our movement that all of us as white people can just, you know, come together. I mean, I, I, I just I think that that ship has sailed. Um, I mean, we've let so many immigrants into this country at this point that there's there's too many people here right now who categorize themselves as their old world ethnicity more than being America, more than being American. So I think it's time for founding stock Americans to start doing what everybody else is doing. And this, this doesn't mean being mean to other white people or excluding them if they sympathize with us. But I just think we need to see ourselves more as a group than we we currently are doing. And I'm going to make one yeah. uh, just a, a, a parting statement on that um, because I don't want people to think I'm going on and on about this like it's the 4th of July. <laughs> but in close, and I just want to make, make a parting statement on this, and then I want to hopefully give have time to give you all some compliments as hosts of the show. But Patriotic Alternative, that's that group over in Britain that Mark Collette is a part of. Um, they're doing a lot of work over there for uh, Great Britain. They recently had a conference, and there was an Australian fellow who got up to speak, and he started his speech by saying, um, I am an Australian, but Britain is my ancestral home. Um, so other than caring other than caring about Australia's future, Great Britain is the other place in the world that I care the most about. And I'm kind of paraphrasing. Um, and, I, you know, I think a lot of Americans in our movement should probably, you know, start taking that approach, too. Um, you know, I think Eastern Europe is a great place with a great culture. We can learn a lot about it. I think they have a great future ahead of them. Um, but that is not where most white Americans came from, and I don't think it should be our main focus uh, most of the time. But so, anyways, uh, I'm done with that. Um, and I, and you know, and I, I've, these these topics that I'm so passionate about talking about on the show or hearing others talk about, I've always felt this way. I mean, ever since I've joined the movement, but it's really only recently, and I've always just been so afraid to be bold about it because I, I feel like there's a stigma attached to it, like it's considered divisive. And it's only recently that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to say how I feel and or I'm going to say what I feel. Uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with what I'm saying. I think it needs to be said. And I, I'll stop talking about it when James tells me to. <laughs> um, but uh, but thank you for letting me on and um, – and I, I really appreciate how positive James is, like letting letting all of us on and talk about what we want to talk about. It kind of gives us a safe space as pro-white people, if I can sound like a liberal. But, um, you know, and I appreciate <laughs> Keith for, I really appreciate Keith for always being my cheerleader on this topic. So on that note, I'll turn it back over to y'all. But I just want to know why I'm so second Too soon. We got a break. We'll be right back with Courtney from Alabama. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. 
USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. Our community can now breathe a sigh of relief. This Saturday, a sigh of relief in the state of Maine. After a 48-hour manhunt, detectives in Maine find the mass shooting suspect dead. He shot himself in the head. This after killing 18 people at a bowling alley and a bar. We're going to grieve for the families that lost loved ones here. Lewiston, Maine Police Chief David St. Pierre speaking at a news conference. We're going to continue to work. We're going to persevere. And we become better people for it. And the chief telling reporters, I just don't want to forget the families that are grieving and will continue to grieve. I don't want to forget the law enforcement officials that have worked tirelessly throughout this whole event to come to a good conclusion. I'm Laura Winters. Israeli military aircraft attacked about 150 underground targets in the northern Gaza Strip over Friday night into Saturday amid the ongoing war against Hamas terrorists. The Israeli Defense Forces said Hamas terrorists were killed while underground combat zones and other underground terrorist infrastructures were also destroyed. More than 8,700 people have been killed in the war on both sides since the October 7th Hamas terror attack. A full-scale invasion of Gaza is still looming as Israel has amassed hundreds of thousands of troops on the border with Gaza who are awaiting orders to begin. Combining flu and COVID shots might pose a potential stroke risk for older adults. A study funded by the FDA discovered that older adults who received last year's COVID booster alongside a high-dose flu shot may face an elevated stroke risk. They emphasized that the study's findings are preliminary and older adults are inherently at a higher risk due to their age. Patients are encouraged to consult their health care provider for a more comprehensive understanding of the vaccination risks. I'm John Schaefer. Well, it's Halloween weekend and some may be wary of inadvertently crossing legal boundaries with their decorations. It's worth noting that certain areas in the U.S. have regulations in place to prevent houses from being deemed too scary during Halloween. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. I know you are a big VHS connoisseur. Do you yes. have 1985's Fright Night? I think it's 
hidden away somewhere. Up no, there I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I say it every year at Halloween. Roddy McDowell as the reluctant vampire killer gives one of the most underrated performances in the history of motion pictures. Now, if you can find that DVD and blow off the dust, excuse me, not the DVD, but the VHS. Well, I'll tell you one that I'll tell you my favorite one. <laughs> my favorite one is The Body Snatcher from right. 1945, starring <laughs> Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi. Now you're really going back. You got that one on VHS for sure. Oh, though. absolutely. And I've got it on DVD, too. Oh, okay. And it's, uh, it, I, I watch it every Halloween night because I, you know, it is such so a So on Tuesday, we're going to know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Tuesday night, I'll be doing that. I won't be answering the door to the urchins that come up. Because believe me, I, I get true urchins over here in my neighborhood in the middle of Memphis. But uh, <laughs> let me let me say something in reply to um, Courtney's comments about her heritage. Uh, the English and the people from the British Isles were different from other settler groups of colonists that uh, went to the New World and beyond to, uh, you know, become colonists of their respective countries. The Spanish, for example, were interested in basically uh -oh. going to a, um, uh, a place, making a hat full of money and coming back to Spain. The English and the people from the British Isles actually went to settle, and they have created something very unique and special in the world, the Anglosphere. That would be Canada, England, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Rhodesia, South Africa. Those are the places where people from the third world wanted to go. They didn't want to go. It's not just a matter of wealth. They don't want to go to Saudi Arabia or Dubai or places like that that are very wealthy or even Japan or Korea. They want to go to the Anglosphere because we create a, a – it, it tells the uh, quality of those settlers because – those settlers may have been the scum of the earth where they were coming from, but if you gave them a land that had reasonably fertile soil and a reasonable uh, uh, you know, growing season, they turned every one of those places into a garden spot. You know, and that's what we need to give ourselves credit for that. All right, and we do. And we do here, uh, in, we do in June and July and August and even September, but not on the anniversary and halloween hybrid show because this is not but again germane <laughs> to that halloween though is a uh you know well, a we're european gonna, we're holiday we're, we're about and to talk largely about. an english holiday we are about to talk about that and you are exactly <laughs> right now speaking about the english and courtney you mentioned this in the last segment too you mentioned march around the world i'll give a quick plug to my uh, afp column for american free press i got a Q&A, print interview with Nick Griffin, who is a mainstay on our March Around the World. He actually gave a great answer, and a, a, a blunt and concise answer to the question, what was the most important lesson you learned during your five-year career in the European Parliament? And he wrote that there is, in fact, no parliamentary road to the National Revolution. And if you want to read the rest of that Q&A with Nick, uh, you'll find it in the next issue of the American Free Press, which is coming out soon. And I've got the PDF advanced version here, and I'm looking at it. And one other announcement I'd like to make is, uh, and I was about to forget, but I was asked not to forget, and in fact reminded not to do so, next Saturday, a week from tonight, we'll be in Middle Tennessee 
And I'll be speaking at a League of the South event, and we'll be doing a live remote broadcast from said event. So if you want more information about how you could join us, and also uh, there will be Simon Roche from South Africa, Michael Hill, and others, uh, send me an email, james at thepoliticalcessible.org. And if you check out, we'll let you know where to go. Uh, but that's a week from tonight in Middle Tennessee. We're going to get to that. But first, we're going to get to Halloween on Tuesday. And, Courtney, I know you've got thoughts about that. You always do. Take it away. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I, I might save my comments I had on, uh, you know, the, the decorating and everything in the last segment. But uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all y'all's uh, your, your commentary there. Um, I, I want to say, you know, we're in the fall season, and I, I have to say something about football. And, uh, you know, for those of you who think we get too arrogant on this show during Confederate History Month, well, you know, we, as Southerners, we criticize ourselves on this show a lot, too, and we're about to right now. So uh, sit back and enjoy it. Uh, but anyways, uh <laughs> Um, on the topic of football, you know, that's a real big deal in the South and in the in my state very much so. It's like, you know, I, I used to be really into it years and years ago. I won't say which school I attended. I know that Keith and James know, but, you know, I try to, to protect my identity on here. So there's only like there's only like five people in the state of Alabama, so I'm sure the SPLC could kind of put pieces together at some point. So. Anyways, uh, you know, as far as cheering for football teams, um, you know, half my half my family, you know, growing up, they loved – one side of the family loved Alabama, one loved Auburn. And when I joined the movement, uh, I kind of had to – it's like a switch turned on immediately. It's like – I was always racially aware, but as far as joining a physical movement and realizing, oh, there's other people who think like me, <laughs> like um, – and learning about names like Jared Taylor and James Edwards um, – and so it's like I, I ha it's like I had to empty a compartment of my brain that was devoted to football so I could make space for what we discuss in the movement. And it was like it was like a night and day switch had turned on. Like I, I had no time to get excited over football anymore. And, and it, it, it was like literally like a night and day turn a switch turning on. It was amazing. It's kind of sad in a way because my dad and I used to bond over that topic. Like we, I was the only daughter that was really, really into football. We could discuss stats and stuff that, you know, I guess women don't really follow. And, um, and so it was a special bond. But after I joined the movement, it's like, you know, he would, he would always call me on the weekend. That was always a tradition. He'd be like, what would you think of the game? And like before we before we would talk, I would have to quickly Google the topic and, you know, like see how the game went and, and, and I had, you know, sometimes a little white lies, okay. And but I would get in trouble when he would say things like, "Did you see so and so that pass they made into the end zone?" And oh, what did you think of that? It's like I would be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> and so after a while, he caught on. And so you know, I, he doesn't really call me about it anymore. It's kind of sad, but. But anyways, uh, you know, there's this strange dichotomy with Southern whites in Alabama. You know, on, on one hand, we are a very solidly red state. We're much healthier in so many ways than other whites around the country. You know, Southerners in general are similar, but Alabama is just a, a very solidly red state. I don't want to bash us too much, but, you know, because we do have a lot of things that we, we're doing right compared to other people. But on the other hand, it's like there's this strange obsession with blacks playing football here. 
And, you know, most white people in the state that are able to watch football but still be racially aware, I have to give them that credit. But, I, I you know, I hate to say this, but in, this is where I'm getting into Halloween a little bit. But, you know, and I'm talking about football right now because it's fall, you know, and that's the big thing right now. So for a lot of people in my state. So, you know, but, you know, I hate to say it when it comes to the people in my state who can be a problem. I hate saying this because I'm a Christian. I'm a Baptist. I'm, you know, I was raised evangelical. But you really see a lot of the problems in Baptist churches in Alabama. It's not so much the population at large, but like when it comes to, you know, just not really putting your race first. Um now, the churches that have really old people or people or churches out in the country, uh, you know, or, or, you know, the people in our state who didn't go to college, you know, those churches, I don't think those are really an issue. But the large churches that you see in cities and college towns, it's it's amazing. It's like the strange dichotomy. They're against celebrating something, something European like Halloween, but they worship black football and then, of course, Israel. And, well, you know, you know uh, I, let me just say this, uh, Courtney. James was talking about that exactly. He said the type of people that you see at a typical megachurch like Bellevue Baptist in Memphis mm-hmm. are totally different from the people that go to the small rural churches. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I've been in rooms. I've been at football watching parties like with the other Southern Baptists, and a black scores a touchdown and does his little dance. and I see the whole room erupt. All these white people in the room, they start dancing around the same way he's dancing, slapping each other's behinds and whooping, whooping and hollering. And um, <laughs> I guess we got, I guess we got to pick up with the next segment. Yeah, you've been, you've <laughs> been on the team long enough to know what happens when the music starts. <laughs> you, got one, you got one more inning here. Yeah, one more inning with Courtney from Alabama closing off this special show we do every year that synthesizes our anniversary in Halloween. And uh, she meets at the intersection of those two things tonight. Stay tuned. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. 
Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. communion with the dead to pumpkins and pranks halloween is a patchwork holiday stitched together with cultural religious and occult traditions that span centuries it all began with the celts a people whose culture had spread across europe more than 2,000 years ago october 31st was the day they celebrated the end of the harvest season in a festival called sowen that night also marked the Celtic New Year and was considered a time between years. A magical time when the ghost of the dead walked the earth. It was the time when the veil between death and life was supposed to be at its thinnest. On Samhain, the villagers gathered and lit huge bonfires to drive the dead back to the spirit world and keep them away from the living. But as the Catholic Church's influence grew in Europe, it frowned on the pagan rituals like Samhain. In the 7th century, the Vatican began to merge it with a church-sanctioned holiday. So November 1st was designated All Saints Day to honor martyrs and the deceased faithful. Both of these holidays had to do with the afterlife and about survival after death. It, it was a calculated move on the part of the church to bring more people into the fold. All Saints Day was known then as Hallowmas. Hallow means holy or saintly. So the translation is roughly Mass of the Saints. The night before, October 31st, was All Hallows Eve, which gradually morphed into Halloween. The holiday came to America with the wave of Irish immigrants during the potato famine of the 1840s. They brought several of their holiday customs with them, including bobbing for apples and playing tricks on neighbors, like removing gates from the front of houses. The young pranksters wore masks so they wouldn't be recognized. But over the years, the tradition of harmless tricks grew into outright vandalism. Back in the 1930s, it really became a dangerous ho holiday. I mean, there was um, such uh, hooliganism and vandalism. Trick-or-treating was originally a extortion deal. Give us candy or we'll uh, trash your house. Storekeepers and neighbors began giving treats or bribes to stop the tricks, and children were encouraged to travel door to door for treats as an alternative to troublemaking. By the late 30s, trick-or-treat became the holiday greeting. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of background on this uniquely European cultural holiday. And, uh, and really even more uniquely British Isles. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, fantastic, Keith. You're, you're exactly right. And Courtney was talking about uh, earlier the, <laughs> the Southern Baptists. They, 
they have a problem with Halloween, but they can uh, certainly worship at the altar of the SEC football. Not that you know anything about that wearing your Ole Miss hat tonight, Keith, although you did sacrifice going to the Vanderbilt game tonight in honor of our anniversary, and I know that took a, took a lot out of you. I'd rather worship Halloween than Martin Luther King. <laughs> well, the Southern Baptists always know when to draw a hard line. Halloween and, like, the occasional beer, they're teetotalers, but uh, – you know, everything else, uh, they'll, they'll certainly bend the knee to whatever the system commands. And, you know, look, I, I can uh, understand the difference between a spiritual and a cultural holiday. I value my spiritual spiritual heritage and my cultural heritage as well. And you just uh, got a little idea about how Halloween. But as kind a Baptist, of, you don't celebrate All Saints Day, do you? Mer- morphs all of that together. Well, there, there is Reformation Sunday, uh, you know, coming up, and we've been uh, – reminded to mention that as well but i do love all the family fun fall festivities that there are to be had out there this time of year we mentioned it earlier in the show so much of who we are as europeans were was shaped by our climate as well and being up in the northern hemisphere yes uh in no, the northern latitudes northern uh, northern latitudes i mean down here in the south which it still gets it can get cold here on occasion you're on the lines of latitude parallel with uh, Libya. Well, people don't. Oh, yeah. People but you go understand. up to Maine. You got to go all the way up to Maine and beyond to get to even where London is. Right. Yeah. And the only reason they're habitable up there, and it's not like Labrador, is because of the Gulf Stream. And so, anyway, this was an important time for our people and uh, our development, and it uh, certainly played a role in. In. Uh, our whole culture and civilization. Well, I mean, in just in terms of being able to survive, you had to use that big, beautiful brain that evolved in Northern Europe. You and, had to think ahead. You couldn't just go out, uh, wander uh, uh, out, and pick some fruit off of a tree like that's you could exactly in the equatorial age. And so you go uh, out areas. now this time of year. You take a hayride. You pick pumpkins. You pick apples. You go to an orchard. It's harvest time. This is uniquely European. You go out and uh, the, the local botanic gardens here. They have a scarecrow contest every year, and I love taking my family after that and just all of the things this time of year and i know courtney agrees uh, this is a wonderful time uh for european people and why is that family and why is it so courtney oh there's a lot that i i love about it um you know just this time of year in general for i think it's from it's from halloween all the way through uh new year's and then you know on the gulf coast we got uh on the Gulf Coast, we also have Mardi Gras. I mean, even even though, you know, most of us down here aren't Catholic anymore, we still have that history down here with the Spanish colonization and the French. And there's still a lot of people descended, you know, from that on the Gulf Coast. So that's a big deal down here. And I, I just, I, I mentioned that too, because, yeah, from Halloween all the way through Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras, I just love, you know, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. I love you tend to decorate this time, those times of the year where you put lights up and you can sit and look at them at night, or or you you light up a jack o' lantern and you look at it. There's something very European about it. It it just it makes me feel so calmed and and cozy and um I, I just really love it that's one thing and you know the cooler weather and just all the festivities all the wonderful things that we can do with our children that we enjoyed as kids it's just so it, it's so it, it's wonderful um and of course i know uh, you had danny on earlier right yeah opening segment of this hour. yeah yeah and and she and I, I've noticed she and I love to decorate like for just about every holiday. And um, 
I notice we have that in common, <laughs> and we, dec- we both decorate for Halloween, and uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I like to do something for every holiday to, you know, to share with my children, and, and uh, not, I mean, not every holiday, I, I mostly focus on, I, I focus only on the white holidays, <laughs> and there's a lot of them, we have the best holidays, out of all people in the world, we have the best celebration. You, but, what would you, what would you take, uh, uh, Easter, let's see, e- there's Easter, there's Thanksgiving, there's Christmas, there's Halloween, or Juneteenth, I yeah, mean, there's exactly. Martin Luther King Day, <laughs> I think you know the answer. <laughs> well, yeah, we all agree Christmas is the most important, but uh, yeah, um, I, I just love this time of year in general, and um, and you know, I, I you know, I, I know earlier this month, I I missed, uh, I know earlier y'all talked about Columbus Day, and you know, I, I think I, I think I need to start doing something for Columbus Day in my house too. I might I might make Italian food and play Italian opera. <laughs> I tell you what I do, Courtney. Uh, Courtney, I'll tell you every. What do you watch every Halloween, Keith? What do I? Oh, uh, the body Tammy. Snatcher. Oh, Tammy. Tammy. I watch it a different. Time. <laughs> no, you watch Tammy uh, the other three hundred sixty-four days. <laughs> but uh, one movie I watch every year, and I've mentioned this before. It came out in uh, nineteen ninety-two. That was the five hundredth anniversary of Columbus, uh, nineteen ninety-two. Am I doing my math right? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, 1492 was the name of the movie, Conquest of Paradise. Gerard Depardieu plays Christopher Columbus. Sigourney Weaver plays Queen Isabella, who my daughter is named after. And I watch it every Columbus Day, at least for the last, I don't know, yeah, well, I, I think five the Columbus to 10 Day years. ought to be one of the most important holidays of the year for white Americans in particular. Because yeah. that's when white people came to the New World and made the presence permanent and changed human history forever for the better. Courtney, back to you. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know I talk about my heritage a lot, but, you know, Italy, Italy, that's another one of those European countries that is, they have given the world so much. You know, they gave us Christopher Columbus, the Renaissance, and I'm so proud, like when I look on a map of Europe, like of the Roman Empire, I'm so proud to see that England was conquered by it, <laughs> to know that, oh, we were civilized, you know, no, no. But, um, no, I, I just, you know, I think I think there are great culture. There's a lot of great European cultures that have done a lot but, for us. And we were too I, civilized. But, that's why we got conquered by the Angles and the Saxons and the Danes. <laughs> well, that's okay. You know, that's all right. It's all still in the family. But, Courtney, this was something that was brought up to me in our recent Columbus Day celebration. So I'll get a quick take on this. We have about a minute remaining. Been a wonderful anniversary and Halloween show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. A wonderful- you and your family. She has children that are really going to enjoy Halloween. Well, Courtney yeah. does it big, uh, but uh, wonderful 19 years, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you, uh, all of you who have had a hand in, uh, in that journey as it continues. But, Courtney, we were celebrating Columbus Day, and, and rightly so, uh, but a listener mm-hmm. in Arkansas made mention of this. Not uh, anti-Columbus, but this was interesting. He said, when you celebrate Columbus Day, don't forget to celebrate uh, celebrate Queen Elizabeth I as well, because it had it not been for the English defeating the Spanish Armada, uh, we might very well be a Spanish nation today and have all of, you know, be a majority Catholic, majority, you know, Hispanic uh, culture as opposed to the you know, be, English. Be more like Poland than England. So we, we, we thank Christopher Columbus, but we also thank Queen, Queen Elizabeth I, who was the uh, daughter of? Henry VIII. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I, I love that daughter. period of British history. Oh, it was, but, uh, wasn't Henry it fantastic? 
Now the Tudors. If you want a movie about that, watch The Seahawk with Errol Flynn. And you need to watch The Tudors on Showtime. That you haven't watched anything since the 50s, Keith. Well, I know, but then you haven't watched anything I've recommended from, <laughs> from before the now. 90s. <laughs> oh, 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 James, you got to warn Keith. You got to warn him. Uh, uh, that, that show, you know, it, 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 you know, yeah, so it's about Henry VIII. I really loved it, but, you know, it was made made in recent years and considering you know what henry the eighth it was showtime you know, they had negroes uh, in tutoring no it didn't have any of that it did, did no. not have that courtney vat for me it, it did not have that it, it did not but you know considering uh henry the eighth and what he did i'm sure you can guess what there's a lot of in that series <laughs> <laughs> and it was a showtime series so yeah that, that, hey. they tend to like that don't they? <laughs> all right hey listen <laughs> Courtney, we love you. For everybody who contributed tonight, I can't even name them all. Sam Dixon, Sam Bushman, I'm going to try. Jack Ryan, Scoop, um, my wife, you, uh, me, <laughs> all of us. Sam Bushman. 19 Sam years Dixon. on the radio. That didn't come easy. You know how it happened? One day at a time. And it That's continues it. next week. We'll get back to the news. All of the lamentations and gnashing of teeth and wailing. We'll get back to it next week. But tonight was a celebration of 19 years against all odds. Good night, everybody. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com.